Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And again, that's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And it's good to be here because I really uh, I wasn't sure what to expect today. I thought I, I might have ended up with some silver bracelets on and uh, thrown into a cage because I went down to Nashua uh, this afternoon, Nashua, New Hampshire, where the 420 celebrations were intended to continue today, as I, I suppose they've been going on. Uh, last week, we had Sovereign Curtis on the program uh, talking about how he was arrested a week ago today. He was back out there today. Unfortunately, nobody brought any weed out to uh, this particular 420. That's funny. <laughs> well, it's happened before. There have, potheads. Been, there have been incidents of that. I uh, didn't bring anything out because I brought out uh, the megaphone. I was intending to do a megaphone uh, event because last week they also harassed some of the folks that were out there with megaphones. And so I brought mine out today with the intention of uh, of speaking through it and seeing if the cops had any problem with it. Cops didn't really make much of an appearance uh, today. It was raining out and they don't like getting wet. You know, they're very dainty like that. They probably uh, just didn't want to bother with you people. Well, actually... They did make an appearance, but uh-huh. the way it was, it was kind of funny. We were at, in the park uh, hanging out, this public park in Nashville, New Hampshire, and somebody noticed, uh, I guess they took a walk a little bit away from the park, and they noticed that down one of the side streets, the very same undercover car that had busted uh, Curtis, or ex- actually had busted uh, the earlier arrest from last Saturday, mm-hmm. was down the street. So we went over and took a walk over by their car. <laughs> they put it in reverse, and they started backing up, and, uh, and then they stopped. Was it on a one-way street, you said? I don't know. I'm okay. not clear on that. But uh, th- th- but then we, I was talking to them through the megaphone, saying something <laughs> to the effect of, you know, don't you have anything better to do, any real crimes to go and solve, that sort of thing. Well, what and, would undercover people solve besides vice crimes? I don't know. There must be something, right? Right. I, I suppose there they could, could be, be non, there, could, there, there could be a child uh, kidnapping ring running yeah. in uh, in Nashua, New Hampshire. Well, I they suppose. could also don a uniform and go out and you know do real police work. Uh, but no, they were apparently assigned to keep an eye on the 420 celebration today from quite a distance. I don't know how they would have ascertained whether anyone was was uh, smoking pot from where they were. They were pretty far away. And so pretty much the whole uh, crowd of 10 or 12 people had come over there to, to, to keep, you know, to watch them watching us. And that's when they rolled up a little closer and rolled down the window and told me that I was uh, I can't use the megaphone. And so I kept using the megaphone and they clearly weren't too serious about it because they didn't bother to step out of their car to do anything uh, to stop me from using the megaphone. They didn't t- uh, claim that they had any complaints or anything like that. They just said they just said, you can't use that. Oh, okay. They'll just complain themselves. Yeah. So, uh, so that was that, and that was pretty much it. I mean, we they they drove the car uh, down another street, and we watched them over there, and then they they slinked off uh, down some other street somewhere, and then kind of went through the back roads, and we saw them crossing another road. It was you know, it was a little cloak and dagger, but that was pretty much all that uh, that happened today. So uneventful, no arrests, all is well. Oh, Eight, it's it's always fun when you get to chase the cops, huh? Yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. There was a guy visiting, actually, I think from Ohio, who's writing a fiction book about moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. And, of course, Dave Ridley was out there from RidleyReport.com, so some video footage will be up over at RidleyReport.com shortly. He's got a couple of quick videos up now and more to come. And it's my understanding that the 420 celebrations in Nashville will continue. And it was pointed out by one of the activists today that 
the there would be no 420 celebrations in Nashua had the police ignored the first one. Because yeah. it was during the Liberty Forum when hundreds of activists were in town that about 100 or so people came out to the park for a celebration that was in the midst of the forum. And, of course, everybody was leaving after the forum from Nashua. There really aren't that many activists in the Nashua area that I know of. Not too many. For whatever reason. It's the second largest city in uh, in New Hampshire, but they're just not gathering there. Anyway, if they hadn't have made the arrests that they made, no one would have come back the next day. And they wouldn't have come back the day after that and the day after that and the day after that because they kept making arrests and so people kept coming back. So hopefully the, the police will will learn this uh, at, at some point. Uh, but nonetheless, all kinds of interesting stuff going on up here in New Hampshire, as we uh, do like to bring to you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Other news uh, from more of a national scale. The story coming from the Houston Chronicle. Have you At sent Cron. back... Cron.com? Yep, that's right. Cron.com. That. Have you sent back the census form? Apparently only about 34% of Americans have. And the word is that's down significantly from a decade ago. Now, I don't see that statistic in this story, but I saw another story that claimed that they got 70%-ish, 70-ish percent uh, returned back in the year 2000. This year, 34% nationwide. According to Cron, it's not good. Yeah, according well, to, I'm not good if you, that's your job. I right. think it's good. Uh, according to Cron.com, this is somewhat focused on Texas. Uh, Texas is counting on the 2010 census to deliver four new congressional districts Four new electoral college votes in presidential elections and millions of dollars in additional federal aid. But as some elected officials are starting to worry, Uncle Sam can't deliver anything to the rapidly growing Sunbelt state unless Texas residents deliver their forms back to the government. As of Friday afternoon, only 27% of Texas households had filled in and returned their census forms, well below the national average of 34%. And I'm embarrassed to say that I checked around and looked at New Hampshire. New Hampshire is at 35%. Shame. Shame on New Hampshire. Anyway, uh, so well below the 34% average, according to computer data from the Census Bureau. Contrary to historical trends, some of the toughest challenges facing the agency responsible for measuring the nation's population are not from counting the traditionally undercounted groups such as African Americans and Latinos. Instead, a new and growing threat to an accurate national headcount is coming from anti-government conservatives who may not fill out their forms to protest against Big Brother in Washington. Of course, uh, they had no problem when Big Brother was being run by the Bush administration, but that's another issue uh, entirely. In fact, I'll take my allies where I can get them. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know if they're anti-government. That's just how they're being painted in the media. Because these people didn't have a problem with the $3 trillion government under, under George W. Bush, and they likely wouldn't have a, tr- a problem with a $5 trillion government if fill-in-the-blank Republican politician is elected in 2012. Some of them, that's true. Anyway, uh, some of the uh, somebody in Texas, Representative Con- Mike Conway, said there's a general distrust of the federal government at every level, starting with Congress and the president, all the way down to the executive branch agencies. Polling by the P- uh, Pew Research Center finds Democrats are more likely than other Americans to view the census as very important to the country. Seventy-six percent of Democrats called this year's count very important, compared with 61 percent of Republicans and independents. That's kind of interesting. What a, that's quite a discrepancy. I mean, if 61% say it's important, are but saying only 35 it's very important. Very important, but only 35%. 34% are returning them, yeah. Weird. Uh, and I wonder about that statistic. I wonder about the 34%. Is that 34% who have filled out any amount of the census? Or is it 34, uh, 34% who have filled out the entire uh, 10 questions? That says return the form. 
it does say return the form. So I wonder what the breakdown is of the 34% that they've gotten. How many of them actually, you know, what percentage of that 34% actually went through and filled out all 10 questions? I don't know if we're going to get that information. Just a curiosity. They wouldn't tell you the, the level of failure at that. I mean, that's, so, that's mortifying. So uh, let's see. Representative whoever Bachman began the barrage last year when she asserted incorrectly that the information reported by Americans could be used for nefarious government ends, such as imprisonment in internment camps. She well, asserted that incorrectly? That's the opinion of the uh, Washington Bureau of the Houston Chronicle, at least. Well, the Houston Chronicle uh, need a history really lesson. needs to, to take a look at history. Because? Well, because Japanese Americans were in turn, because of census rolls, because their last names appeared, you know, for whatever reason, they, they looked Japanese on the mm-hmm. uh, census rolls. So I assume that means that if you were the child of a Japanese man who might have been married to a to a white woman, it had to happen, right, um, out there, that you that the ch- children would still have to go. I don't know mm-hmm. about the white woman, but it, it's conceivable that she might have. Yeah, they just, I mean, that's, it, I, maybe their viewpoint would be that, well, that would never happen again. Well, we learned our lesson the first time. That would never happen again. But history does repeat itself. Yes, but they said it's erroneous. They did say that. Well, that, that makes nonsense. them erroneous. Earlier this month, Representative Ron Paul voted against a congressional resolution asking Americans to participate in the census. The invasive measure, excuse me, the invasive oh, wait, nature. There's a resolution asking Americans to uh, participate in the census? That's right. Screw them and their dumb resolutions. The invasive nature of the current census raises serious questions about how and why government will use the collected information, said Paul. It also demonstrates how the federal bureaucracy consistently encourages citizens to think of themselves in terms of groups rather than as individual Americans. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In the late 21st century, the hardiest, most daring adventurers have begun to colonize the solar system where untold mineral riches await them. Jealous of their wealth and fearful of their freedom, the government of Earth is determined to extend their power to this new frontier by any means necessary. Escape from Terra, an illustrated science fiction saga from Big Head Press. Read it online at escapefromterra.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, including our webcam and chat room. They're both on the same page, so you can watch and interact uh, watch the show and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners all at the same time. It's free, of course. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. How soon do you want to start teaching that child special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to Jack all the time. It's kind of like Rothbard meets Dr. Seuss. Simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page make it one. will make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com and see some samples in order today. No anthropomorphic bunnies or steam engines, just you know, people and neat little drawings. Ten percent discount for listeners of uh, Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL at Island Called Liberty, freemarketunderdog.com. Let's continue taking your phone calls uh, with whatever's on your mind. Jackie is listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Ian. Um, hey. I'm just calling. I just wanted to make a quick quick point about the census. Sure. Um, you just mentioned that the rates of response were pretty low. 
Yeah, 34% nationwide. Yep. I also wanted to make the point that um, I just read today that the cost of this year's census is more than the last 200 years combined. Wow. Um, In terms of it's $14.5 billion nationwide, and it's almost $50 per person. Jeez. Um, And they're also saying that there's about 600,000 people that they've hired just to deal with unresponsive. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's incredible to me that we're actually, you know, wasting this amount of money on top of the fact that apparently well, security is, is a huge problem. Well, well, Jackie, we're not wasting the money. That's them. that are, You know, they're stealing it. They're wasting it. Right. Uh, we don't have anything to yes. do with it. Absolutely. Anyway, so I just wanted to point that out and um, thank you guys for the great work you're doing. And um, hopefully this changes soon. <laughs> What, wait, you mean the federal government change soon? <laughs> I hope so, too, but I don't know how realistic that is. I, I suppose you could hope they spin themselves into insolvency and just go away. Well, eventually they or, will go away. I mean, yeah. it, all uh, nation states have uh, failed over time, so it's just a matter of time. They the seem question to be, is, like, when? So they seem to be cranking it into high gear. Jackie, well, thank you for always... your thoughts. Well, anything else on your mind tonight? Yeah. Uh, no, I just wanted to say that we could always continue to um, refuse to let them steal our money. So. I will do my best. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Take you care. for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. The Houston Chronicle um, article here bemoaning the fact that in Texas, only 27% of uh, households have returned the census. And one of the uh, representatives there, Ted Poe, so-called representative, said that People are concerned the government is going too far, but Poe said he tells his concerned constituents they should answer the census because it's the law. Well, clearly, most Americans don't really seem to give a flip what the law says, especially in this Congress instance. doesn't care what the what, what the Constitution says. Why should Americans well, should consider? We? I think that's one laws. of the most persuasive things you can really say these days, Mark, is that, I mean, it's pretty clear that the federal government doesn't follow its own rules. So what obligation do we have? I don't see any. Nope. By, by all means, feel free to show me the proof of obligation that sh- that says that I, uh, you know, somehow obliged to obey their uh, diktats. I, I'd love to see it. And and no, you don't get to just point to some words you wrote down on a piece of paper or somebody else that I don't know wrote down on a piece of paper. That doesn't that doesn't count for me. I have to have agreed to it. Oh, but there's more. He added that it's very important. For people to fill out the census because of reapportionment and redistricting, Texas stands to, uh, stands to gain four House seats, but Texas can only get those seats in the congressional clout that comes with it. And, of course, the idea behind that is that if they get more seats, then they'll get more money from the federal government, right? I guess. That's the idea there. If Texans stand up to be counted, any conservative revolt would only reduce the representation in conservative areas of the state, such as rural Texas and the outer rings of of suburbs surrounding its largest cities. What's more, an undercount in Texas could cost the state more than just representation. For every Texan missed, the state will lose an estimated $12,000 over the next decade in federal funding for transportation, agriculture, health, education, and housing, said Francis Deviney, the director of Texas Kids Count, a nonpartisan group in Austin. Yeah, nonpartisan big government group. Devaney said Texas could uh, could lose hundreds of millions of dollars in lost opportunities because of uncounted residents. Well, I mean, if that's true, then isn't it true that all the other states will be losing money, too? Because, well, only 34 percent of people around the country are returning. these. That's things. not the point of their quote, though. The point of the quote is trying to get Texans to answer the uh, census. 
We're trying to get our Texans. Yeah. Everybody, you answer the you know census. Come on, let's let's get Texas as many people as possible. I intend to do my part in New Hampshire. Um, at my house, there will be 24 Eskimos living. <laughs> you didn't even get a form. No, they haven't given me one. Uh, the, but a word is they they may send someone to your front door. What are you going to do then? I'm not. I don't answer the uh, door for government bureaucrats. We've got that hard to count element along with these fringe anti-government groups that are advocating resistance. She said, "I'm a fringer." They think they're hurting the government, but they're really hurting themselves and their communities. Really? Nothing, yeah. No, it's the government that's stealing money from my community. My community doesn't have a pair to say, go jump, go take a long walk off a short pier. That's not me. That's my community. The best way that right, the best way that you could help your community is by encouraging them to tell the government to flip off. Uh, encouraging the attitude of we don't need you. Not only do we not need you, federal government You're people, but we don't want you. And that would be the best thing that could possibly happen to any community because if you start to propagate that idea, if you start to propagate the mindset that we have no need for the federal government, that in fact uh, secession or declaring of, uh, of independence is the way to go, well then imagine how much money you'll get to keep. Because this is all about begging the feds uh, and for your hoping, money back, right? Hoping to get a fraction of the money back that uh, that you paid in, and of course, the twelve thousand dollars that she's talking about here is the state that will miss out on that twelve thousand. Yeah. you're not going to get cut a check for twelve thousand dollars, right? You think the you think the state's going to spend that money wisely? No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, ten dollars in the the state's hands uh, is is worth about a, a dime in yours. So they uh, take the money from you, then they hold it out like a you know a carrot on a stick in front of the uh, the state governments to try to encourage you to uh, to participate in this federal census, so the state government people can get more money from the federal government. Whereas if they weren't involved in the federal government wealth redistribution program in the first place, then you'd just be able to keep your money. And then that money could go into businesses and shouldn't create the new jobs. Have, shouldn't the state have been protecting me from the federal government taking my money like this in the first place? They haven't done a very good job at that. No, they didn't. But if uh, if you got to keep your money, then that money would go uh, stay in your state's economy. It would never leave. It would never go to the federal government. It would never be siphoned off by the middle class bureaucrats that run these government programs in the first place. Because remember, every dollar that you send to the federal government, they take a good chunk before they send it back to any of the states. And of course, there are some states that receive more money than they send out. Uh, I believe New Hampshire is one of the states that sends more money out than it receives, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Uh, California, I believe, is... Is it a donor state? It's hard to imagine. It's such a, a prosperous economy, but it's in such terrible shape at this point. Yeah, they're looking for a handout from the feds. I don't know. So if you get to keep your money, if you refuse to send your money to the feds, then that bolsters your economy locally. That's the best thing you can do is say, the, say to the feds, go to hell. We don't want your, your services anymore. 800-259-9231. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. Ian with you and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those, including our bulletin board system. It's virtually unmoderated, so a word of warning. 
bbs.freetalklive.com, and it is free as well. bbs.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent. Helicopter rides and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person. KNOBCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. All right, we continue taking your phone calls. And coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about withdrawal from drugs. From a legal drug, actually. We'll get to that. Uh, but first, we go to Edgar listening in South Carolina. Edgar, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Edgar, what's on your mind? Well, I'm calling y'all. I want to talk about that legalization of drugs that you're just going to talk about. All right. Okay. I don't really think it's a bad thing. You don't think it's a bad thing? I don't. Okay. I, I, I Me think, neither. I think it's a good idea to do it. It's one of the best but, ideas, uh, I think, that uh, could happen to this country. It would be a tremendous boon uh, to safety. And uh, we, we would have a dramatic drop in, uh, in violent crime and property crime and things like that. Uh, plus, uh, the drug addicts themselves would uh, would also be using safer products. And so they'd be less likely to have things like uh, overdoses and impure uh, drugs and things like that. So there's all kinds of reasons to do it. Your thoughts? Uh, well, actually, uh, as, as I was on hold, I, I came up with another thought because they had that, that news flash about the militia being rounded up. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if y'all had heard from Paula in Florida or maybe if they you know rounded her up. In- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She, somebody... Uh, Claiming to be Paula has called a couple of times, and um, we haven't really got a chance to talk to her. It sounded like her that one night. That it didn't actually to me. Did. Yeah, that was her. It sounded no, like... I, uh, I heard that, that, that wasn't Paula. I, I think Paula's been captured. I think that was Paula. I think she's in a FEMA camp. She called in, and she sounded like she'd had a real tough time. She she seemed like she was a changed woman. Uh, that's why you might, Mark, have not thought it was her, but it, it had the, the caller had the same kind of mannerisms and, and speaking style as Paula did. She just sounded different as though, and someone suggested that she might have had a stroke or something like that, mm. uh, and, and I, I would believe that to be the case. Maybe they pointed a scalar weapon at her house. Paula, what, if you're out that? there, you need to call off the show right away. Well, I would love to hear from Paula. I think that'd be great. What's a scalar weapon? He's gone. 800-259-9231. Sounds, uh, sounds scary. Scalar weapon. I don't uh, know anything about it. 800-259-9231. Joe is on the line in Connecticut on the amp line. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, you mentioned that you were in Nashua with the bullhorn and that you think you – yesterday you said you think you disturbed or they, they, someone said that you, you disturbed a doctor's office. Uh, that was not and, me, but uh, there were some other folks that had a uh, oh, bullhorn last week. Yes, sir. So, um, I just wanted to uh, point something out that not too many people are aware of. Um, in audio, it's called the inverse square law. Basically, every doubling of distance from the sound source decreases the level by six decibels. So, if you measured a foot away from the bullhorn, it was, say, 90 decibels. By the time you got 32 feet away, it would already be down to 60. And then... To, um, for the sound to go through the doors and windows and everything into the building and probably knock it down to about 50. Yeah. So That's if you were 32 feet be, away. I mean, there, there, was a, would, there was a street between them and, and that. I mean, you're with assuming, cars driving right, by. There's no way. That, I mean, 32 feet is, is I mean, <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's more like uh, at least 50, if not 90. more. Which is exactly my point. 
to, you know, to, to disturb them, you'd have to be a lot closer. Yeah, so I'd have to be outside you know, their front door. Exactly. So it's probably just someone making it up to, uh, you know, make some fictitious points. Yeah, someone being the cops, uh, because it was the cops that came up and threatened uh, the people with the, the megaphones last week. They threatened me today, but they didn't bother to come up with an excuse. They just said, you can't be doing that. They may very well have a doctor's office that made a complaint. Who knows? I mean, it's it's difficult to know one way or the other. Well, if um, they did, I would have asked. I would have asked, okay, well, who, which doctor's office? And then I would have gone over right. and, uh, and you know, spoken to them. They won't but tell the you. But the likelihood greatly diminished. Yep. Thanks for uh, bringing the math into the the the, uh, the question here. Anything else you want to share? Um, oh, uh, one comment. Last night there was a caller who called in towards the end talking about she's going to get a group to not shop for four days oh, to show the government something. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, that's like saying, I'm not going to eat for a week because the farms get subsidies. Eventually I'm going to have to buy more food and I'm going to have to eat. So what does that prove? Nothing. Yeah, the, these kind of uh, so-called protests pop up from time to time, and we've always been critical of them here. God bless their souls, and they're you know that they're trying to get something done, but it just I <laughs> I just don't think it on the side the massive scale of the economy deciding not to purchase something for four days you know essentially stocking up on something mm-hmm. so I, that's what we do every week at my house. I mean, we purchase most of our stuff one day out of one the week. One day, yeah. And then, so it it matters if I change the day of the week? Ludicrous. Right. And, and she talks about how, you know, people don't have a backbone in this country, but then, you know, and then the same breath, she says, well, we're going to pay our taxes because we're afraid <laughs> of the government. Yeah, that's right. Because I had asked her, I said, well, why don't you do something significant like actually not paying the feds? Oh, and, and her response was something to the effect of uh, that the IRS is really intimidating and scary. Yeah, they're they're cracking down yeah. this year or something. I don't know. You I don't... can't back up their own argument, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I'm looking uh, at her website here. Um, by the way, the lady that called last night, her name was Karen, and the website is copyright by Karen Tostado. So I have a feeling that the Karen we had on the phone last night was the same Karen who started the website, taxfree15.com. But just here's their action plan. Are you sick and tired of watching our country being stolen by bankers? Had it with unlawful taxation without representation? Wonder where our money goes? Too late to work within the political system? Too early for shooting? What do we do? We strike. We need three things for success. Proaction, nonviolence, and massive numbers. There are over 300 million of us. Okay, but not 300 million of people who are actually going to go through with this particular protest, even if... Right, this is the market failure that Dr. David Friedman was talking about at the uh, Liberty, Liberty, um, Liberty Forum. He was uh, with the the story that he came up with, and it it, it you can um, you know change it to today's uh, situation. But essentially, we are all in a line of uh, soldiers with uh, shields and spears pointing one direction, and at us is coming a line of guys on horses with shields and spears pointing at us. And as the guys on horses charge, um, you know, collectively, we are best off standing our ground, and only a few of us will die. However, individually, each one of us is better off running the other direction. Mm. And that's, you know, essentially a market failure. Now, generals in the past uh, figured out how to do this. They'd march their soldiers over a bridge and set the bridge on fire. But uh, <laughs> and then the incentive is to stand there and, you know, let a, f- uh, you know, a few of us will die and uh, most uh, probably break the charge. But this is the case here um, currently. I mean, there's 300 million of us, uh, the, the serfs, the peons, and there are, you know, tens of thousands of 
them, the bureaucrats and the politicians. Probably a couple million. Whatever. They um they they have the guns and the violent, you know, if you start if you really whittle them down though, it's it's not the uh the HRS workers that are the problem. Yeah. It's the cops with the guns and okay, the, the military and that kind of thing and the politicians that'll order them around. There's only, you know, tens of thousands of them. Probably 100,000. But if, you know, if if we stood in some kind of solidarity, like not paying your taxes, why not do that? I mean, that's the easy one, right? If we stood in that kind of solidarity, then we would be better off. However, individually, we're better than cutting and running and giving them our our money and throwing a little bit of money their direction and running the other other way. 300 million chickens. Joe, any other thoughts you want to share? No, that's it. Thanks. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So it's like you say, Mark, you know, bless their heart, uh, but <laughs> this isn't going to do anything. I, I, bank, what I, the I am hell highly are the skeptical. Bankers, what are the bankers going to care if you don't come in and uh, make a deposit for four days? What the hell are they going to care? Are they going to miss out on two cents worth of interest or something like that? I mean, what? We've pretty much stopped using the bank at my house. I mean, we use it as a uh, system to send money to, to pay bills, but uh, we don't keep uh, wealth in, in the bank. Not the big banks, anyway. Um, so they haven't sent a letter saying, please, please, please start putting money back in your account. Yeah. They don't care. If you had a few million people willing to do something like this and you managed to convince them all to stop paying taxes or all move together to the same state, then you might have something. But this is just going to be a few people spotted here and there across the country that don't buy stuff for four days. Whoopie-doo. It's Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago... From the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can, uh, again, bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. You can also join us on our website. we got a lot of features, and the site itself has been redesigned for 2010. If you haven't had a chance to go and take a look, head over to freetalklive.com. Create yourself an account. And you can vote on the various different stories that you see on the site. People can submit news articles and videos and blog posts or whatever it is they think is interesting. And you can as well. So if you see uh, something you think our audience might enjoy, you can submit that to the site. Other people can vote it, vote it up or vote it down. Uh, and then the most popular stories will end up making it to the front page of the website. So head on over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, so 800-259-9231. I was just digging through the, uh, the this protest site that Joe in Connecticut just brought back up and it's about these folks that want to uh, to believe that they're actually going to do something significant here. Don't you think this is kind of uh, mean? It, you know, Mark, you, you accused me of that over the weekend because I was critical of the Tea Party folks, too. Um, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, I don't want people to believe that what they're doing is going to actually do something. 
Like if, if I don't see it as effective, I'm not going to say, okay, you kids go on out and do that. I'm going to say, wait a minute, think about this for a moment. Why You might just be wasting your time. You might just be wasting your effort. And I think that the, like the tea it's party, it's not much of an effort that that she's really asking. No, she's, that's true. She's asking you to do your to do shopping on, on a different day. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I suppose you can do your but, shopping. I mean, people they send these emails all around to protest gas prices and sure. all kinds of different things. And surely, after people have done them once or twice or three times, they figure out, oh wow, this stuff doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't work. work. And then you know, it has that value in that it's an object lesson and why it doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. There are there's some people apparently putting a, a, at least a level of effort into promoting the idea. I mean, they say here on their website, call uh, talk shows, and then they give a call in lines and things like that. Um, but I'm looking here on the site, and there's a little uh, contribution thing, one of those chip in windows. They've got one contributor. Last night they had one contributor. So uh, Apparently, despite all the promotion they've been uh, putting into this and well, maybe all they the, just called Free Talk Live. the radio shows they've been calling, well, they, they claim here they've got all these different interviews they've, uh, they've done, etc., etc. So it doesn't really seem like there's that much, uh, even that much support behind this. And maybe for good reason. Maybe people are hearing this and, they're, and they are responding as we did. Maybe they're saying this is ludicrous. I mean, this isn't this isn't going to affect anything. Not buying something doesn't change anything. Like It's like those folks that the anti-consumerists. This really yeah. isn't that different from what the anti-consumerists uh, do, and we we railed on them in the past, Mark. You know, I just feel bad, man. I, that's all there is to it. I, I, it's, a, it's a ludicrous, sk- silly scheme she's got here, and it's sad uh, and pathetic, but I just feel bad. I don't want to, you know, rail on somebody whose, you know, heart's in the they're right trying. place, yeah, and they want trying. the right things. And, but well, we don't know, know if, they, if they want the right things. In fact, that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. They had a link uh, down here to... Uh, to the what is it? What do they call this? Articles, Articles of, Freedom. of Freedom. Articles of Freedom. Us uh, is the website, and so she encourages people on her site to sign the Articles of Freedom. So I go, well, what, what is this Articles of Freedom? This is apparently what they came up with after the Continental Congress right. of 2009. Yes. Uh, and we were kind of paying attention to that uh, that particular event. The Continental Congress was where the folks over at We the People. Uh, which is a constitutional kind of organization that questions the federal government about We've all been like there. the taxes and stuff like that and the war. And they, uh, some folks from New Hampshire and the 48 other states, or, or the I think this, I think everything but Alaska and, and Hawaii, all the other states, sent three delegates each to the Continental Congress. They got together. They debated for something like a. 10 days or something like that and they came it up was a with, long time right they came up with these articles of uh of freedom and uh so i'm looking through here and just uh, one of the things that we the people folks have been really good about is is questioning the legitimacy of the income tax and and uh the iraq and afghanistan wars and there's a lot that those folks do that i i support that i think that you know, it's good that they've done many many of the things that they have uh that they have done However, and you just go through the articles here and you get to number 14, illegal immigration. And what I find just amusing about this whole thing is that on one hand, these people are pretty critical of the federal government and the various different laws, you know, the words on paper that have been written down at the, the federal government level. And, you know, they are uh, they are sure that the income tax now, the, the income tax doesn't apply to Americans. You know, they've looked at the, the laws and they've asked the IRS and, and I fully support them on this. But they've asked the IRS and they've asked all these questions about the, the nature of the income, um, ta- uh, the income tax, etc. And the IRS never answers. 
The IRS never answers their very simple questions about the the basis uh, for the income tax. So on one hand, they uh, they see themselves as exempt from the income tax, and even though the federal government would say, "Well, you're not exempt. That's frivolous. Ar- that's a frivolous argument." And of course, the tax folks will say, "Well, it's, it's voluntary this and that, and we'll point to this law here and this law here, and the Sixteenth Amendment was never ratified." You can go down the the laundry list of, of tax freedom, Sixteenth okay. of uh, tax freedom uh, advocates' arguments. And of course, historically, the federal government has thrown all of that out. I mean, they, there have been plenty of uh, tax cases in federal court where you're either not even allowed to enter the argument, or if you are allowed to enter the argument, they just w- wave it off and they call it frivolous, and uh, you know you get railroaded into a jail cell. So on one hand, they are opposed to things like the income tax and certain federal government laws. But on the other hand, they spend paragraphs and paragraphs here talking about what they want the feds and the local uh, government people to do about enforcing the federal laws. We need to enforce the federal laws against these darned immigrants. Now, we don't want to pay taxes but on the other hand, we really want to uh, have a nice big uh, immigration bureaucracy to keep those darn Mexicans out. And it just – is there a conflict disin- there? Yeah, it does seem somewhat disingenuous. Yeah. So it's just sad. I, I just, think they I see can't that, support this organization. I, say, I think that they see that it is uh, it behooves the politicians and people with a, a great deal of money to allow a certain amount of uh, illegal immigration into this country. Um, and not that, not that it could be stopped anyway, um, even if they wanted to do such a thing. And they probably don't like that. And I'm of the opinion that uh, we need to get our house here in order um, in the United States before you just open up the floodgates. Um, you need to get rid of welfare. You need to get rid of mandatory uh, you know, funding of public schools by individuals. I shouldn't have to pay to, to educate somebody's uh, kid, um, whether they're from this country or not. And uh, hospitals shouldn't be used as a you know hospital emergency rooms shouldn't be used as doctors free doctors offices because hospitals are forced to pay. So I, I think those things need to be cleaned up before you just open the floodgates. But I you know I'm I'm sure they're not saying that. So are you saying that there should be a crackdown in the meantime, Mark? Why would I? Why would you crack down so that you uh, while you're fixing something else? Okay. Well, when I hear that argument, the, well, we need to get our house in order first, usually it comes along with, well, in the meantime, we need to make sure nobody can come in. I think you need to peel the onion as opposed to cleaving it. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't. Okay. I consider um, the arguments that one might make for no government often cleaving the onion. Like just just get rid of it all tomorrow. Don't worry, everything will be fine. We'll it be will. okay. Everything will be fine. I don't. I don't. I disagree. If the federal things, government disappeared tomorrow. Everything we're not talking will be about. Fine. No, no, we're not talking about the. I'm not talking about the federal government. Well, that's I'm what talking we're talking about, about here. Government. That's what we're talking about. We're yeah, talking if, about if federal, federal taxes. Federal, if the federal immigration government went insolvent tomorrow. Everything would be fine. I agree. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I agree with you that welfare and all the you know wealth redistribution, the forced uh, wealth redistribution, should be eliminated. And that people who need help should get it through voluntary charitable means. I, I agree there. Uh, but I just you got to be careful when you're saying those things because it sounds like, well, I support in the meantime all the vigorous border enforcement we can possibly have while we get rid of welfare. Which, of course, you know, trying to get rid of welfare through the federal government is going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's silly. <laughs> you, you're better off watching the federal government atrophy and die from uh, yes. spinning itself into insolvency. Yes, that is far more likely an outcome for the federal government than to actually to to. The, the, just the, even imagining not just welfare, but the entirety of the federal government is three trillion or four. I don't even know how many trillions. Last time I heard it was three trillion, but that was, that was two years two ago. D- uh, d- ten digits. Are we talking about the debt or are we talking about the budget? The budget. 
Yeah, I don't know. They spent a lot of money in 2009, 2010 that we don't have. Maybe, you, could, maybe you can find that out. But just to look at the uh, the federal government and imagine it in any way, in any area, rolling back, that the aggregate of the federal government would somehow be reduced is silly. No amount of electing people has ever changed the path of the federal government. No, it's always gotten bigger, bigger, bigger. I think That's that right. Andrew Jackson probably diminished the uh, the deficit uh, down to the, as low as it ever was. But you're talking about the seventh president of the United States. Mm. 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. That's why I think more people need to start talking about secession or declaring independence or par- partitioning. Whatever word you want to use. Getting out soon as possible 800-259-9231 before they take us down with them more coming up you can take control our two is on the way this is free talk live how long can you hold your breath (sighs) not long After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those uh, at freetalklive.com. And the site has uh, all kinds of new features, including the site itself, uh, Free Talk Live, FTL 2.0. You can create an account. You can submit show prep ideas, uh, blog posts, News stories, videos, whatever you think would interest our listeners, and then they can vote them up or vote them down, and you can too. Go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Before we get into the phone calls, Mark, uh, you went to usdebtclock.org because we had a question about what the current uh, federal budget is, and according to the numbers here, it looks like it's about a $3.5 trillion budget. And of that $3.5 trillion, um, 1.4 trillion is a, is a deficit, meaning they are taking in uh, they're they're taking in 1.4 trillion less than they're spending. Is that correct, Mark? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. 3.5 trillion. I was close when I said three, and it was three a few few years ago under uh, George Bush. So we continue here, and we go to your calls. But the uh, oh, wait, you were saying that it was three trillion under Bush? It came, I believe it came close, or if not crossed three trillion under Bush, yeah. Um, because I remember hearing that number back then. It was the debt was at three trillion under Bush. No, 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 no. Debt's always been more than far more than that. And I'm talking no. about the federal budget. No, I, I uh, the the federal budget um is currently eighty six eight hundred and sixty six billion. No, that's you're looking at the wrong number. You're looking at uh, excuse that's me, the that's year the to date spe- billion. That's the spending. Um, the right. Yeah, the um, 
the budget deficit is about three hundred and thirty billion. No, and you're looking at the year to date. You're looking at the wrong numbers. What you okay. want is the real time total. So if you, there's different ways you can look at this website, usdebtclock.org. If you look in the top right, there's a mode selection, real time total, year to date. It's my understanding that uh, that 3.5 trillion is the federal budget. That may be so, um, and I don't know what the federal budget was in the past, but I know that the national debt was three trillion under Bush, which that means, seems low to me. I thought it was like around eight nine uh, trillion dollars. I, I think don't you're think wrong so. About I, that. I don't think so. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. I think you're uh, totally wrong about that because the suggestion there would be that if it was three trillion under Bush, then it had. Uh, uh, quadrupled in the last year, and that's uh, that's not very. It may, may may under the very late, um, you know, last portion of the Bush administration, but in t- 2009 and 2010, the United States government spent a lot of money. Yeah, that's true, but uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you're wrong. We'll have to check that out during one of the breaks. Anyway, we go to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Steve is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hey, hey Steve. Hey, uh, I just want to plug. I had the opportunity to um, see Kevin Booth's new film. Um, how Weed Won the West. Oh, cool. How was um, it? It was uh, pretty good, actually. Um, he, there was a screening at uh, Linden State College about last week, mm-hmm. and uh, me and my brother drove up to see it because he was going to be there. And uh, he screened it and had a Q&A after. And, uh, you know, there's about, I'd say about 50 people there. But it was a really good uh, good documentary. Um, so how I did Weed Win the West? <laughs> well, it's... Uh, it looks like the you know, you know, medical marijuana was kind of a Trojan horse or something like that, you know, but I don't think they're you know they're, he brings up a lot of different points, I think. I did see one of his uh, I, I believe I've seen I think he's that's his isn't his, that his second uh, anti drug yeah. war movie? American Drug War was his first that's one, right. which I mean, I knew nothing about the drug war before I saw that movie, and it just you know rips the veil. <laughs> off in front of you, you know, what you think the drug war is about and what it really is about. And um, I definitely recommend that one first before How Weed Won the West. That one's incredible. Cool. Well, thanks for the recommendation. So is How Weed Won the West um, like a, uh, a film about medical marijuana currently becoming popular throughout the Western states? Or yeah, is it correct. about Okay. Yeah. Because it could be about uh, how cowboys smoke pot. I did, that, that's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you never know, I guess. Hey, cowboys didn't smoke pot. I, I don't know. <laughs> No, because those dirty Mexicans did, you know. But, but a lot of dirty Mexicans were, were – excuse me. A lot of Mexicans were, were cowboys. I mean, that's where they got it from. Oh, that's true. You know what? I forgot about that. There was a lot of crossover there. So <laughs> I would imagine a lot of cowboys smoked pot, and everything was fine. So anything else you want to share tonight? Um, nope, that's about it. Steve, thanks for the call. Let's talk to Chris in Florida. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Chris in yeah. Florida. Oh. You're on the air. Well, I'd just like to say I enjoy your show. Thanks, Chris. What's uh, on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, I just want to say real quickly that uh, I think you guys are uh, have uh, are a couple of haters. Haters? What? Yeah. On who? Because you guys are you guys are mean to each other. You're always ragging on each other too much. What do I? I'm not ragging on Mark. I just told him he was yeah, wrong. You, that's all. You both do sometimes. Makes yeah, me bad. You know, Mark. He, Mark's. You know, he's. He's got issues. There's a certain amount of, uh, of, of, of tension between us, and uh, uh, people in the business call it chemistry. Well, okay. You, I mean, you're a friend, though, right? 
Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I prefer to use the term brother. I mean, I don't know. Business th- partners? We're that, too. You know, because uh, I think that brother is a is a is a better description. We were kind of tossed together by fate in the same way that family members are. Um, I we probably wouldn't be, you know, as we certainly wouldn't be as close if it wasn't for those uh, those circumstances. And so we're just two people that you know wouldn't necessarily be friends if we weren't in the same situations. I respect Ian. I think he's brilliant, but many times I think he's an arrogant braying jackass. Well, you might need each other more than you know pretty soon. So. Anyway, what I, wanted to, what I wanted to talk about is uh, I appreciate your nonviolent stance and your uh, civil disobedience. Well, thanks. And, uh, but there's a point at which I disagree with you, uh, and I can't help but always think back at Germany when uh, the Gestapo's busting down your door mm. trying to see if there's a Jew in your house yeah. or whatever. Are you going to shoot them or are you going to go to the camp? Uh, I myself would take out as many as I can, knowing how government could be. Yeah, you know, and I understand. What's your stance on that? Well, I, you know, I've actually, I've, I've recently watched um, some some movies on this and how they went about it. Um, you know, friend, which movies? Uh, which movies? Yeah. Oh, let's see. The movie in particular was it was a con- contrafactual movie uh, recently about how what if um britain had lost the battle of britain and of course the nazis would have would have won that and you know what would have happened but they talked about how uh the nazis went about sort of systematically in different countries uh, you know finding jews and things like that they didn't you know come to people's homes and say hey we're putting you in trains and going to take you off to be gassed what they did do was they would they would so first off make them wear um, you know cl- clothing so they would they would uh, it was like the frog in the water th- situation they just turned up yeah. the heat a little bit first you had to wear the star then you had to live in a particular section of town called a ghetto and then they would uh, you know take certain amounts of them usually very quickly they'd say hey we're we're relocating you to some place for a work camp you're gonna go here and you're gonna get some gonna do some work for the fatherland or whatever put them on trains chug 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 off they'd go to Auschwitz or, or wherever. And, um, you know, so those situations, the Jews really didn't know what was going on and they didn't have the opportunities. They were um, disoriented, dislocated and and didn't have the they weren't pulled from their homes and saying, we are going to shoot you against the wall. But the trouble with uh, civil disobedience is, is you don't know when that time is coming, you know, and so at what point do you say enough is enough? Well, the trouble with shooting the cops is you don't know when they're actually going to do it. I mean, if you go out tomorrow well, I mean, and cap a few, I mean, you're probably going to be wrong. Well, plus, uh, you're also going to end up perishing uh, in the scenario that you're talking well, about because that's you, true. You have to. That's true. You have to be willing to draw the line. I'm saying right. And so I'm why not, not draw the line the earlier? Why not draw the line earlier? I understand what you're saying that you don't know when to uh, to engage in civil disobedience. I would say now is the time to engage in civil disobedience. Now is the time to engage in non-cooperation as soon as possible oh, no. uh, to, to know, join I, that. I agree movement. with what you're saying, but I'm saying if we get to a point where we have some kind of home searches where people are forcing themselves in our homes and we, uh, by civil disobedience, might say, no, we are not going to allow you in here. And then they say, well, we're taking you away and putting you away and we're going to search your home. At what point do you say, no, and I've had enough? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's going to do you any good to, to have uh, said no and I've had enough. I mean, so you get two or three cops, then your family's... 
you know, <laughs> your your, fa- your family's without okay. a uh, without a breadwinner. Likely, um, you know, some of them are going to be hurt. Look at Ruby Ridge. The mom got it in the head, didn't she? And the baby. That's true. That's Thanks true, for the call but... tonight. I want to address this a little further coming up here in moments. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on it as well are welcome. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours totally free at freetalklive.com. In fact, in our podcast, you can go all the way back to the beginning of 2009. All free for you, freetalklive.com. Are you looking to buy a house or a car in the relatively near future? The information I'm going to tell you could save you thousands of dollars. Uh, they, you know, the banks are going to be looking at uh, your your credit rating, and if you've got foreclosures, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, or late payments on your credit files, that's going to cost you hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars more. Probably thousands of dollars more. Um, and you can you know be, you can uh, do something about the derogatory credit by calling uh, credit repair law firm Chartered. They're at cleaningcredit.com. That's cleaningcredit.com, and they help people with all kinds of derogatory uh, credit ratings. They will uh, help you dispute them and get them removed from your file. Cleaningcredit.com. All right, so before we continue, uh, I want to continue the violence conversation, but we got calls, so maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, But I do want to make sure that we get the numbers out correctly here about the the debt. Not the, excuse me, not the debt. Oh, yes, the debt. The Uh, debt. Because we've been throwing these numbers around here, and there's been some confusion in the studio. First of all, the uh, tra- uh, the federal government's budget is about $3.5 trillion this year. Yes. Now, you heard that number and you thought, well, it was three tr- the, the debt was $3 trillion under the Bush administration. I said, no, no, I'm sorry, that's not the case. Sound the right. budget was $3, tr- $3 trillion under the Bush administration. Okay. The debt hasn't been in the $3 trillion range. The national debt in the United States hasn't been in the $3 trillion range since 1990 and 1991. In it fact, was the Bush administration. That's a good point. Touche. In fact, well, I I was rather ill this week. I'm going to write it off to to being wrong for that. From the 90 during the 1990s, from 1990 through 1999, the debt went from 3.2 trillion to 5.6 trillion. Right, and many people will say, but Clinton had a budget surplus. That's true. But a budget surplus is the opposite of a deficit, not a debt, because a budget surplus paid a little bit on the debt, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just an annual amount one way or the other. Now, of course, if the federal government, except for that one year in the Clinton administration, basically has been running on a deficit, running up the debt as a result. And I just want people to understand, because at one point I didn't understand. Now then, you get into the aughts and you really start to see some numbers. Uh, $5.6 trillion debt in the year 2000. 
Then it went to, by the end of the Bush administration, $10 trillion. So yeah. by, He spent uh, a lot of money on that uh, September, little Morpheus. September of 2008, it was $10 trillion. So the debt doubled uh, during the eight years of the Bush uh, administration. My favorite of these so numbers is uh, the U.S. population is 308 million people. The U.S. income tax payers. This doesn't say file. This doesn't say filers, joint filers, or anything like that. It says payers. 109 million people. That means slightly over a third of Americans are paying taxes. If you look at the amount of retirees and the officially uh, the actual unemployed rate, apparently there's a lot of kids or a whole bunch of Americans aren't paying taxes. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are, but there there are a lot of kids. I mean, anybody. You think there's a hundred like 160 million of them? Probably not that many. No. No. I bet there's about 100 million Americans that don't pay taxes. So let's uh, get income taxes. We're, we're going to get back to the, the, the discussion of violence here uh, in a moment as far as the, uh, the, the the Nazis and kind of the scary idea of, well, what will you do? Do you have a line in the sand, et cetera? What if they come and try to search your house or take your family? We'll get back to that. Let's go in the meantime to Patrick listening in Toledo. Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. How you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Patrick? Hey, um, yeah, the caller a little bit ago called in about scalar weapon. I didn't know if you guys knew anything about that. No, oh, I do not. Okay, well, scalar weapon is supposed to be a high-frequency weapon, uh, kind of like based on the Tesla weapons. They have a harp uh, assembly up there in uh, Alaska. What it's supposed to do is cause earthquakes. It can affect the mind, stuff like that. Yeah, we've heard That's those allegations, uh, and uh, they seem pretty ludicrous to me. But uh, right, so these are not necessarily the little, uh, I guess, ray gun things that they have mounted on top of uh, that microwave your skin and make it burn. Yeah, the the burning things or the uh, the the very high pitched noises. That's not what you're talking about. No, no, no. It's it's a big antenna array. I guess they blast it up into space and bounce it off. Uh, like a satellite that has like a mylar reflector of some sort, and they can direct it anywhere. But that's that's all I know about them. I, you know, I see. I'm kind of skeptical skeptical on those, but uh, that's what they are. Got it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I, you know, I another question I had uh, or thing I wanted to say was, uh, you know, I filled out my census form, but I only put the number of people down and the rest of the questions I just wrote across and put uh, the Fifth Amendment. Because, uh, you know, it's pretty intrusive, and I don't think they need to know that. And according to the Constitution, they're only supposed to, you know, limit their questions to how many people live in, the, you know, the household. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the constitutional uh, question, but that doesn't mean they have to limit their questions. They can obviously can do whatever they want to do. And beyond that, uh, I didn't fill mine out at all because, uh, well, first of all, I didn't sign the Constitution, so I never agreed to it. Yeah, yeah, I heard you guys talk about that before. Yeah, I, I just thought I'd just fill it out. Didn't have my name on it or anything. So I mean, whatever they get from this household is the number of people live here, and that's about it. There you go. Anything else you want to share with us tonight? Oh uh, no, no. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job. I love listening to you guys. Uh, well, you have a nice, nice evening. Man. Thank you for Thank the you. call. Appreciate it. Keep your skepticality up there. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, a quick search for uh, scalar weapons it reveals all kinds of kooky websites. <laughs> So, I don't yeah, know. Knew, at least he knew what it was. All right. So, uh, okay, back to the uh, discussion here of this scary scenario, worst case scenario of what do you do if it gets to the point where the government people are coming into your home and they're going to steal you or steal your family from you or whatever the reason is they're they're coming in. The last call that we had, uh, not that gentleman, but the guy before the, the break, uh, was talking about that, uh, you know, that he's got his line in the sand. He's all for peace and all for peace up until the point where they come and do X. 
And you were talking, Mark, about uh, – because he, he mentioned the Nazis and them coming door to door and searching for Jews and that kind of thing. But you mentioned that there was a lot that came before that, uh, that particular point. Uh, there were a lot of points at which, is my understanding at least, and I wasn't there, uh, but uh, there were a lot of points at which there could have been campaigns of civil disobedience, and there should have been. Uh, they shouldn't have put the, the yellow stars on uh, <laughs> on their clothing. They shouldn't have reported to the ghettos. They shouldn't have reported to the cities. They right, and everybody have... villainizes the the Nazis on this, and certainly they they seem like the big villains. But let's not forget that um, you know many nations all over the world, Western nations, wouldn't take the Jews when they tried to escape from Germany. Yeah, that's true. Including the United States, uh, there was an entire ship full of uh, Jews that managed to escape from Germany that managed to get to the shores of the U.S. and they were turned around and sent right. to their deaths. So, um, you know, all these nations that saved them were, in fact, the nations that sentenced them to death. The, the United States' uh, participation in World War I uh, uh, caused Germany to lose uh, by such a – the central powers to lose by such a large margin that uh, the, the Treaty of Versailles was so lopsided that uh, Germany was – you know, crippled and, and impoverished and, and allowed a guy like Hitler essentially to come to power. 800-259-9231. Remember after the Hurricane Katrina debacle or during the Hurricane Tr- K- Katrina aftermath, uh, they were going door to door looking for weapons? Mm. Well, I bet you most people answered their doors and made it real easy for the cops to get inside. If they actually had to bust into every single household and do a room to room search for weapons, that'd be quite the task for them. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, some of the features, by the way, include our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKI.freetalklive.com will get you there. Wiki.freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader in web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Use coupon code FTL, that's FTL as in Free Talk Live, to sign up at HostGator.com and receive your first month completely free. Don't use code FTL. Don't get the first month free at HostGator.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We were talking about the idea of is it ever appropriate to use violence to oppose the state? I mean, we certainly saw within the last day or or so what happened to the folks, uh, the militia people that allegedly were plotting violence against agents of uh, the state. They ended up getting violence used against them in a much more, uh, I don't know, a larger manner than they might have expected uh, to, to have happened. And so they were plotting violence in advance and were caught allegedly. And it's all alleged. Maybe it was a conspiracy. Maybe they were set up. Maybe the feds went in and uh, essentially fomented the violence. Maybe the feds actually were the ones that were suggesting the violence in They've the first place. They've certainly done it before. They have done that before and, and they will do it again. 
but when you go back to uh, you go back in history to look at the uh, the days of Nazi uh, Nazi Germany and some of the things that happened back then, you can I, I I can't say I would blame somebody for wanting to meet the SS at the at the front door with the clubs and the guns or whatever they could to defend their family. I wouldn't blame them. For, well, if for you that. had the if you had the uh, the advantage of hindsight and you knew what was Foresight, going on. You mean? Well, uh, I, I have the advantage at this you point to be able to look back. So yeah. maybe the advantage of force. I don't know. Yeah. If if they knew what was going to happen in the future, That'd be sure. Um, well, if you had the advantage of – never mind. So if you um, you knew what was going to happen, sure, then that makes some perfectly good sense. But these people didn't know. And uh, let's take a look uh, – You know, let's transpose that. Gandhi went to jail several times. Mm-hmm. What if he had met the uh, the English at the door with shotguns instead of going would, to jail? Would he have uh, the same historical renown today that he does uh, had he been violent? Right. Would, would India be independent? Now How remember, many... these people aren't freedom fighters in the same way. Martin Luther King went to jail. Nelson Mandela went to jail for a very long time. What if mm-hmm. all these people had, uh, what if those two people had uh, met the honkies at the door with shotguns? They'd just be more dead people, wouldn't they? I mean, how many of the, how many of the, uh, the the mad killers that the Nazis had uh, on their side are remembered today. How many of the people that were doing the killing, the offing of the of the Jews, are remembered? Not many. I know no. that uh, Demyanyak fellow. They're still trying to prosecute. We're still trying to prosecute, prosecute last year, but that's well, about only it because he's still alive. Yeah, he's still around. But it's an interesting name. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you were to, if Gandhi were to have uh, used violence, then uh, I don't think history would remember him in quite the same way. So. Today, we have wonderful advantages that uh, the Jews back in Germany didn't have. Today, we have the ability to communicate in a uh, much more effective and efficient manner. So we can get the ideas of civil disobedience out there. We can get the results of civil disobedience and non-cooperation out there. We can show the world uh, what is going on. We can show them via our YouTube channels and our radio shows and various different ways of, uh, of getting the word out about these things. They didn't have that, uh, that ability back then. And if we're talking, if and I don't think it's anywhere near the time to be discussing this. See, this is sort of the, the libertarian dilemma that I decided to put away when I uh, when I put on the the silly Quaker hat. Okay, um, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want to decide. Okay, this is it. This is the big one. I'm shooting cops because you know it's just madness. That's what these pe- that's the madness that was going through these people's mind and I I choose to believe that even if it wasn't these people that there are a group of 20 people out there that are willing to you know that were putting together plans to shoot cops. I believe sure. that these you know I believe this is happening even if it isn't true with these people and I believe it was. Um you know I I think this is absolute madness trying to figure out that moment in time when we we're going to rise up against the United States government. No. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play your silly, violent mind games anymore because they make me so upset. I, I, I'm, you know, in I have an anger management problem as it is. I don't need to be playing these scenarios out where what am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? I'm gonna, it's not a good mindset. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the chainsaw out and cut a couple of trees across the driveway, and I'm going to sit out there with a 50 cow <laughs> bulldozer and I'm going to pick them off. I'm going to pick them off. You know, It'll drive crazy, you crazy nuts. I mean, you're going to die from high blood pressure yeah. and a lot of shiny guns. That's all you're going to have, shiny guns and high blood pressure. Yep, that's that's pretty much how I feel. And I know where uh, the, the gentleman was coming from earlier. I know where Chris uh, in Florida was coming from because I, like Chris, have considered those very same things. Yeah, you know, where's what, your line in the sand? Where's I mean, your line in the sand? It's, when a, you it's a great question. But, 
But I don't think that the real line in the sand is anywhere near here. And I don't think you're going to get to see it. I don't think How many cops be... would Jesus kill? <laughs> I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to see the train cars that say FEMA camp on them. Yeah. You're not going to know if as if that's going to happen. And I'm Look, not a... they don't want to put you in cages, man. They want to keep you out working for them. They're going to increase true. the bur- the tax burden on you. You are they don't want to slaughter you. They want animals that are alive. That's, that's a good what point. that's what you're a, a resource. Of, yeah, you're a beast of burden. You're not a uh, you know, you're not like a, a beef cattle where they're going to eat. You're a dairy cattle they're going to milk. That's right. Quit acting like you're a big old tough bull. You're just a you're just a fat Guernsey cow. Right, and, and and until you've actually gone through the steps of civil disobedience and done all of these different things that you could do that are nonviolent and peaceful, I don't think you should be thinking about uh, that, that particular world, the world of violence. I don't want to think about it myself at all. Uh, it, yeah, the person I'm yelling at here, by the way, is, is yourself. me. Yeah. Right, It's you because know, this is exactly where I came from. And I get so upset and all that other stuff, and I just don't want it anymore for me. I it's just like, don't want it. And I'm telling you, life is so much better better saying, you know, I'm just going to tell the government no here and there when I'm comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make them running their system more difficult rather than saying, I'm an armed militia god sent killer. I'm going to get him. You know, that I just just what God, that's that, it's, it's just such a pointless existence. You know, Mark, I think that the people that have that particular perspective, as I at one time did, uh, I think the people that have that perspective are kind of of the mindset that, well, we've got to work within the system. You know, it's not time to do the shooting yet. Right. There's a shooting but that when uh, the goes down the road. Uh, and, the, you know, but, uh, and we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there someday. But in the meantime, we're going to vote. And so it's like they, they have voting and working within the and system. Shooting. And then shooting. <laughs> voting and shooting. And then at some point they'll decide that, okay, now's the time. Voting's not working, so we go to shooting. Well, clearly voting, for in the, at least in the federal elections, is not working. Clearly that's not, the, uh, that's not working. But that doesn't mean that you go to shooting. That doesn't mean that's the other, uh, the other alternative. But that's what they're programmed. You're programmed to, uh, to believe that because, well, that's what the Founding Fathers did. It wasn't working uh, with King George, so they decided to, to kill some people. Uh, and, and, and that's why we got our freedom. Yep. Uh, and no, uh, th- that's I think not... you'll do so much more by, um, you know, taking your traffic tickets to court and, and clogging, and the clogging system. their system than you will by catching a two, two, three round in your but chest. That requires courage. That requires not some well, last deal sacrifice. Blast, right. You know, this is it's not some fantasy like Red Dawn. Wolverine. Yeah. You know, it's it's not, you know, this where you lionize yourself at the end, you know, do yeah. something that's really going to matter. Right, because at today. the very end, at the very end you uh this uh fantasy, this uh, liberty fantasy of uh, killing the cops, the you become like you said lionized, you become the martyr. You're you're a martyr at the very end, but you've done virtually nothing up to that point otherwise beyond yeah. uh, uh, accumulating a stockpile of guns and grenades and things like that. And you're lucky you've done you, nothing for liberty. You're lucky you killed one of the, the liberty-oriented cops. Good job. Yeah, they're out there. Well, hopefully the liberty-oriented cops wouldn't be uh, engaging in uh, such not nasty Sometimes orders. they get called. Uh, the, yeah. the, these these people were just proposing to kill a cop just sort of at random. Mm-hmm. And then they would have his he'd be sacrificed on the altars in order for the uh, the funeral of people to come to uh, have a parade. So that they could shoot missiles at them. It was crazy. Crazy. Now, that's not. You're not differentiating between SWAT teams or anything like that. So get involved in uh, in non-cooperation. Move together with other like-minded individuals. And if you actually get active in other ways besides just voting once every four years, then maybe you won't ever get to the point where they're doing house-to-house searches and the like. 
800-259-9231. But if all you're doing is stocking up on weapons and sitting back and waiting and polishing your guns, then I wouldn't be surprised. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You're invited to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. You like this show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Well, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, bring more internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, and the AMP-only podcast. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options, amp.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies Summer Seminar Program is now accepting applications. By now, I mean until tomorrow. <laughs> um, there are 11 different seminars, well, 11 different types of seminars in cities uh, around the nation, locations uh, in major cities, and the IHS provides meals and housing while you're there. The deadline, as I said, March the 31st, it's go to libertarianseminars.com if you are an undergraduate, graduate, or recently graduated. You can participate in the Institute for Humane Studies Summer Seminar Program. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls. Uh, Dave is listening in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Hey, uh, how you doing? Hey, what mind. if them, uh, the militia dudes knew that all them cops were corrupt? Like uh, three years ago, uh, a whole police station in Arkansas was busted, something like 17 of them, even the captain. They were all dealers and ripping people off as they went through their town. And, it's rough. And how about, how about uh, Serpico? Remember Serpico? Yeah. That movie, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't know what these guys knew. So in America, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Nobody sh- shot nobody. <laughs> and then you never know, there might have been one of them federal provocateurs in there, you know? Well, I can tell you that if uh, a cop, all, if a cop gets shot, Dave, if a cop gets shot, somebody gets caught. It may not be you, but somebody's going down for oh, it. Oh yeah, I know they. You know, it's it's a big deal. You know, the thin blue line and all of that. You know, but they don't want to talk about Serpico. Nobody wants to talk about that. Sure. Because that shines light where nobody wants the light to go, and it, and it's all connected to the how much billions they're making on this drug war. Makes me sick. Yeah, a lot of that. And then they want us to get all uptight because they're talking about shooting cops. But we know what's going on. We know the corruption. And then they go, oh, only a little bit. Get out of here only a little bit. We know. 
The and, whole and, system but is... But everybody's paid off and nobody wants us talk about it. Yep, the whole system is uh, is corrupt. The whole it system is. is violent. And it doesn't justify lowering yourself to their level and That's being right. violent back. That's right. We need to, to, to hold the moral high ground and stay That's peaceful. Right. You can stand in their face and spit in their eye and tell them we're not going to be I don't like know if you. spitting is peaceful. Yeah, I don't not, really think I, that's... Yeah, I'm not well, be proverbially. Okay, there you go. <laughs> spitting lyrics. Yeah, well, I just don't want... I don't want to live the life that it takes to be that upset. And I have I have been. It's easy for me to do. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking steps to make it so that I'm not like that. That's and, right, man, because you're, you're much better than that. But... But, you know, like everybody gets all uptight, you know, over the the militia. You know, sometimes the militia is all you're going to have against these corrupt people. Yeah, the militia is just a bunch of guys who like to shoot guns getting together, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, there's gun clubs all over the United States. The the, the media gives people... Well, there's the a lot militia. of them crazies, too, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, like you were saying, where's your line? You know, I guess it's when they come crashing through your door, you know. I uh, don't. Th- I don't really have that line. I don't want to have that line anymore. I don't want to uh, be of that mindset that I, I'm planning for violence or wanting violence or expecting to have to be violent or anything like that. I think that if they want to come crashing through my door, the best thing I can do is have Quick.com ready to go. And yeah, I think uh, cameras are better against these people than anything else. Absolutely. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Quick.com, by the way, QIK.com website that allows you, if you have a smartphone, an iPod, or uh, an iPhone, or a BlackBerry, or Android, something like that, various different phones, Samsung. Uh, if you've got one of the smartphones, you can get this quick software. If you've got the data plan, you just hit a button, and your phone will record and upload a video to the Internet. So it isn't the greatest quality or anything like that, but it's you know it's going to be admissible to, in court. Point of information, though, uh, I did get a chance to play with the new uh, the new Droid phone yeah. recently, the uh, the Motorola Droid, which is a really, really nice phone. Uh, the new Android software, the, these new newer phones, Mark, including the iPhone as well, have better cams on them than my BlackBerry does. Oh. So if you have a better cam to begin with, Quick works better. Hmm. Uh, it's still not crisp and clean HD video or anything like that. But it's better than what I currently have. So even having just my crappy BlackBerry quality video is still something. It's still something oh, that can it's get huge. on uh, something that can get on the internet and it can get on there fairly quickly. Uh, and to, to the point right. where the cops can't just go in absolutely your phone and on notice delete it. at that point. They have to behave themselves. And I understand, right. you know, I understand the rules that they operate under are unconstitutional at this point. But they at least have to operate under those rules. I think it makes more sense to uh, be dragged away while videoing the cops and getting that uh, info out to people to show them the tyranny that's going on than to fight back because then they'll just show you as a crazy. Then they'll then you'll be another militia member. Then you'll be another nutter who's uh, armed up in a compound and uh, you know that's what the cops are just doing their jobs. You tried to shoot them. Uh, you you must be crazy. That's how they'll paint you. They'll paint you as a nutter. Whereas if you're still around to talk about yourself, you're still around to talk about your movement and your ideas uh, after the fact, even if it is from inside a jail cell. Martin Luther King was inside a jail cell and he wrote out some very famous letters now yep. from uh, from inside the, the his jail cell. So uh, I understand people don't want to go there. If you don't want to go to jail, then put a gun in your own mouth. Why not do that? I don't know. You know, I think that uh, people are better off, um, you know, just I I would like people to, to move along the path that I did because I think it's better for you emotionally. 
because I was without hope when I wasn't at the you know moved to the Free State Project even you it's know a certain amount of time here. Um, I you know I, I I sort of I lived in that world where well you know. You're allowed to use force if they've initiated force against you. So at any time, I'm allowed to use force because they're always initiating it against me. So I'm just logically I'm a tick- makes sense. I'm a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. Coppers, mm-hmm. come on, that's not going to get you anywhere. Well, you're right, though, Mark. It really was moving here to New Hampshire that changed both of our perspectives on what was possible. And and, and that's why, you know, we heard from uh, Chris. He's in Florida. <laughs> the guy that called initially about the question of violence, he's where we came from. Yeah, I, underst- I understand. There's no hey, hope there. No hope of government shrinking in Florida. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that government in New Hampshire is, is worlds and worlds better. If you it's not. It, but there there are significantly fewer people, and there's a chance. There's uh, more with, liberty lovers the, here. You know, there are 800 movers at this point, right. uh, you know, counted and, and documented movers, and there's probably, you know, significantly more besides that that have moved up here working for liberty. That's happening. It's not happening in Florida. No. If you haven't I was there, gotten, I know. If you haven't joined the Free State Project and you claim to love liberty, then you haven't done everything you could. You really haven't. So we continue here, uh, and hopefully when you come here, your perspective will shift to uh, to a perspective of peace instead of preparing for what you believe to be inevitable violence. Let's go to Keith listening in New York City. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? I was uh, pondering over the, uh, the census request I, I got, and I imagine other people are getting in a couple of places. Um, is resisting it going to end up being pro-liberty or just cause a response and have them hire another 70,000 state workers and thereby be pro-state? Don't you, I mean, that that question can be used. If I take my traffic ticket to court, am I... um, Cops get paid overtime, I think. Right, the cops get overtime. Uh, Likely, I mean, I can only imagine if my traffic ticket is $200 that it costs them significantly more if I actually take it to, you know, as as far as I can take it. Um, You know, so, and then I get found guilty and have to pay the $200 plus, you know, maybe a court fee or something like that. Not here in New Hampshire, but some states you have to. Is that pro-liberty or is uh, that pro-state? I think you have to really be concerned with what you're, uh, what's going on inside you and what feels uh, to you to be the right thing to do, not really right. be concerned the with census, the external consequences. Filling out the census or not filling out the census is really of no consequence whatever. Voting or not voting is really of very little consequence the whatever. Federal level, if you're no concerned about what's pro-liberty um, or pro-state, you need to, you know, and, and from a financial standpoint, you need to consider with if maybe file, maybe paying more in taxes is better um, than than paying less because, well, then you know they won't be attempting to raise taxes on somebody else or something. Question is, can you live with uh, with the obedience? What level of obedience can you live with? What level of obedience are you comfortable with? The state thrives on obedience. Thank you for the call tonight, Keith. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is coming up. You are welcome, as always, to bring up whatever's on your mind to control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. 
Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind here as we launch into the third hour of the program. 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. As usual, it is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. You want to be kept in the loop as to what's going on with Free Talk Live? Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up via our email updates. You can, uh, of course, follow our Twitter profile. We also have a Facebook page. These are the three different ways that you can you can get relatively the same news. It's just different ways of delivery because, well, you know, we want to be flexible. We want to make it so you can get the news about Free Talk Live delivered in the way uh, that you would like it. So go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up as we continue here. Uh, now, we're actually going to go to the phones, but Mark, coming up, you want to talk about addiction. Want to talk about addiction to uh, cannabis? Yeah, it's an article is, about, yeah. Is there such a thing? And uh, also caffeine uh, is brought up in that story as well. So if we get a chance, we'll do that. But, of course, your phone calls the primary element. Evan is on the line in Michigan to start things out. Evan, you got to listen on your phone. It sounds like he's at a party. Evan, are you there? Let's put him back on hold. Let's put Evan back on hold. Maybe we'll be able to raise him a little bit later and see what's on his mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, let's jump into that addiction story if you have it ready. Yeah, it's uh, from alternet.com. As a matter of fact, I got it from freetalklive.com where people put uh, stories from the internet out here for us to take a look at. And sure enough, it got voted up a little bit. And this that's where I do my most of my show prep now. It's great. It's a great resource yep. uh, for us and for our listeners as well because there's there's far more more than we can ever cover on the air on our website, yep. and so it's really something you can really... It's a treasure trove. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, as I said, alternate.org. Calling BS on the idea of marijuana addiction. It's laughable that the feds are pushing the concept of pot addiction when science shows that withdrawal symptoms from caffeine are far worse. Earlier this month, the U.S. Mm. National Institute on Drug Abuse announced plans to spend $4 million to establish the nation's first-ever center on cannabis addiction. Are you serious? It'll it'll be uh, based in Loyola, California. The goal of the center, according to the NIDA's press release, is to develop novel approaches to the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of marijuana addiction. Not familiar with the notion of marijuana addiction? You're not alone. In fact, aside from the handful of researchers who have discovered that there are gobs of federal grant money to be uh, had Mm -hmm. hunting the government's latest pot boogeyman, there's little consensus that such a syndrome is clinically relevant if it even exists at all. But don't try telling that to the marijuana, the mainstream press, which recently published headlines worldwide alleging marijuana withdrawals rival that of nicotine. Oh, you got to be kidding me. The alleged study behind the uh, headlines involved all of 12 participants, each of whom were longtime <laughs> users of pot and tobacco, and assessed the self-reported moods of folks at, who were randomly chosen to abstain from both substances what big surprise they weren't happy let me see if i understood what you just said they had 12 test subjects yes and all 12 of the test subjects were users of both cannabis and tobacco yes and that the they were supposedly studying their withdrawal from cannabis but at the same time they had them quit smoking tobacco they might be sneaking the cannabis in there but am I understanding you correctly? They they quit both tobacco and cannabis at the same time, and they're saying, yes. well, this is evidence that people are uh, severely addicted to uh, cannabis. Look at all these withdrawal symptoms. Yes. 
<laughs> and and it's because of that that they launched some new multi what was it millions or billions for 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 um, million for it's remarkably small really this four million dollar center devoted to studying and uh, helping people with cannabis addictions I because, wish that the because of that would give us four million to set up a uh, a center to research freedom uh, you know uh, natural rights or freedom or something yeah, like that's that that's gonna happen yeah, that'd be great they care about that wow. So, That's stunning to me. I mean, it is so obvious that it's a scam. It's a scam. Now, look, I'm not saying that people couldn't be addicted to uh, to cannabis. I'm not saying that. I think that there are certain people that are uh, more likely than others to to develop a habit that can become serious enough to be considered an addiction. I think that's that's the case. Um, however, I've I don't noticed, think I cannabis sleep- on its own is a particularly addictive substance. I sleep with earplugs every night. And I, I've noticed that I don't really, you know, when, when my wife's away, I still use the earplugs. I used because, to do that. I always lose the damn things. Yeah, sometimes they'll disappear, um, but it's rare. Yeah. Um, anyway, my, uh, but even when my wife was away, I'd still put the earplugs in because I've gotten used to it. Am I addicted to earplugs? Well, we've discussed addiction before on the program in recent days, and I think that addiction and habit is a continuum. I think that uh, on one end, you have a habit that's not detrimental to you. On the other end, you have an addiction that is detrimental to your lifestyle, like it's preventing you from, uh, you know, remember when we read the story about the video game addict, the guy that was on playing World of Warcraft? He lost his girlfriend. He lost his job. He, you know, ended up having to move out of his apartment, move back in with his parents. I mean, that addiction ruined his life. That wasn't just a habit. It may have started as a habit of playing for an hour every day and then went to two and three and four and five and then, you know, consumed his entirety of his waking hours. So I don't know at what point that it crosses over from being a habit into an addiction. I can't really say that, but I can, I can look at somebody who has a habit and look at somebody who has an addiction and tell the difference. You know, it's one of those things I know it when I see it kind of thing. Gotcha. Well, you know, I I do think that some people have addictive personalities and I don't think that, uh, you know, it's really fair to uh, clump pot in. Pot's not an addictive sub, uh, any more addictive than ice cream. I would agree with you there. Uh, and it's I've, a pleasant experience for some people. Right. And some that people they would desire again and again can't um, they, they just can't give up some pleasant experience or another, you know, for, for some kind of other gain in the future. Right. And many, many people can. Uh, a lot of cannabis users are but these same people. If they if they just, you know, their drug of choice were alcohol, they would be so thoroughly addicted and their lives would be so thoroughly ruined that, you know, we wouldn't even be it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be an issue. I mean, they'd be absolute drunks, but they'd pick marijuana so maybe they're somewhat more functional so is alcohol addictive do i consider alcohol addictive yeah. i think alcohol is chemically addictive to, for some people i think that uh you know sort of genetically or something that it is for for some people they I have see. withdrawals withdrawal well, symptoms could it also be the do case people that have withdrawal symptoms from uh, not smoking pot some people say they do some people say it's hard for them to sleep I don't want to tell you. That's what I've heard. If you get used to smoking something doing something before you go to sleep and then yeah. you don't do it if you normally drink warm milk before you go to sleep and then you stop drinking warm milk are you addicted to warm milk 1-800-259-9231 for your thoughts on the issue of addiction 1-800-259-9231 the marijuana 
fits into the fringe areas of addiction, if you're going to call it that. I don't consider it an addictive substance, and I don't think there's science out there that calls it that. It sure as hell doesn't sound like there's any science. <laughs> I mean, that, this is a joke, these 12 people. Can you, can you get a little more from the story? Sure. Don't try to tell Big Pharma, which hopes to cash in on the much-hyped pot and addiction craze by touting uh, psychoactive Great. prescription drugs like oh, lithium to help it. hardcore smokers kick the marijuana habit. <laughs> here, here, get off your marijuana by taking our drugs for the rest of your life. And certainly don't tell the drug treatment industry, whose spokespeople are quick to warn that marijuana treatment admissions have risen dramatically in recent forced, years. That's forced by the courts. When people get uh, busted for pot, they go into court and, the, uh, and they force them into those uh, treatment programs. But it's they, not like they're voluntarily checking in, man, I got a problem, help me out. But they neglect to explain that the increase is due entirely to the advent of drug courts sentencing yep. minor pot offenders to rehab in lieu of jail. According to the state and national statistics, up to 70% of all individuals in drug treatment for marijuana are placed there by by the criminal justice system. Of course, in treatment. And the other 30% are placed there by their parents. (laughs) Some 36%. And and this happened all the time when I was a kid. I mean, it was just so common to take my friends and put them in the palms. I'd buy my son a bag of pot if it kept him off uh, inhalants. I mean, if it kept him off cocaine or, or, uh, or crack or something like that. You know, I I used to have a roommate who um, at one point was was injecting oxycodone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's real bad. Oxycodone, a lot of people are are taking this product. It's a legal uh, product available through prescription process. Yeah. So they buy it in the the gray market. Normally, it's just taken orally. But once you've gotten to the point of taking enough of it orally on a daily basis to where taking it orally just doesn't give you the effect you're looking for. And it's time to start shooting. That's when it becomes time to shoot it up. And uh, he's not the only one who's told me stories like this, but he uh, managed to get off taking oxycodone by getting on what uh, he called, and I love the name for this, the marijuana maintenance program. The idea was that he needed, he needed as as an addictive personality, he was at one point addicted to skydiving. Uh, as a as an addictive personality, he needed to have something that he could do to change his sensations and alter his state. And the marijuana was what got him through that phase in his life, saved his life. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the different ways to listen to the show. We've got live streams. We've got our webcam. We've got listen lines. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com and listen in whatever way you want, whatever works best for you. Listen.freetalklive.com. Now then, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, I did. And I'm so glad I did. 
uh, because it's been an amazing experience so far. It's been a total, total shift uh, in my perspective and, and viewpoint, as we've been talking about uh, earlier on the program tonight, uh, shifting from uh, from a, a perspective of fear and and uh, and, and violence rage. and rage and anger. There wasn't uh, any violence. There was just rage. Plotting of violence. Right. You know, like, like this imagination of violence. To uh, shifting to a perspective of, of love and forgiveness and understanding and and civil disobedience and non-cooperation and, and so much so much happening here. Of course, the politics is also happening as well and, and having some success. In fact, this year should be a, a real uh, interesting year because a lot of the free staters, as far as the political thing uh, goes, a lot of the free staters have, have now been here long enough to where they can run for uh, political office here in New Hampshire. So it should be interesting to see how that uh, pans out this year as well. But come on up here and uh, be a part of it. FreeStateProject.org is a place to go to learn more to get signed up uh, over 10,000 people have now signed to uh, and pledged to make the move to new hampshire over 800 are already here in new hampshire and hundreds of uh, have made the early move as mark and i did a few years ago so you don't have to wait until a free state project reaches 20,000 in fact i'd prefer you get here sooner rather than later we need you freestateproject.org the more the merrier all right so we're talking about the idea and it's a silly one of cannabis addiction now, you've got around the country people, uh, various different people supporting the ideas of uh, essentially legalization of cannabis. The numbers of Americans supporting full-on legalization of cannabis or decriminalization of cannabis are growing. There are a lot more Americans today than a decade or two ago that uh, support that idea. And that's a good thing. But on the other hand, there are also people that are now saying that uh, cannabis is addictive. This is terrible. We've got to we've got to create programs. Well, the industry, uh, as it, you know, if left the, to itself, is going to grow and grow and grow as any other government-funded program does. The industry of cannabis, you mean? Uh, cannabis treatment, drug, drug treatment, and uh, the drug right. courts, and the uh, you know all that stuff that goes with it. So what we're sharing with you here is a story from Alternet.org where they're talking about some of these programs. They're creating a four million dollar cannabis addiction clinic. In California, and they're talking about all the oh, there's so many more people now that are checked into cannabis treatment. There's a big problem now with all these people in cannabis treated. Of course, the truth about it is that the people in cannabis treatment, uh, addiction treatment, are there because a court forced them to be there, or because some ignorant parents checked their kids in uh, to to the clinic. Nobody actually goes. Nobody I know that has ever smoked pot uh, would ever go and check themselves into a clinic because they have a, a pot addiction problem. I can't, I can't imagine they'd be able to afford it, for one. They would just put down the bowl and stop smoking. If that's what they wanted to do, if they felt that they had a problem, they could just cut back or cut a, cut it off completely. I've never met anybody that, that was uh, addicted to uh, to cannabis to the point where it was causing a detriment to their life. Uh, 36% of the people that are in these treatment centers apparently hadn't used marijuana in the 30 days prior to their admissions But also. 36%. Right. That's a real addict. Anyway, they're probably the, in jail. The concept of pot addiction is a uh, big business, even if the evidence in support of the pseudo syndrome is flimsy at best. What does the science say? Well, according to the nonpartisan National Academic of Science Institute of Medicine, which publishes a multi-year million dollar federal study assessing marijuana and, and health in 1999, millions of Americans have tried marijuana, but most are not regular users and few marijuana users become dependent on it. The investigator added, although some marijuana users develop dependence, they appear to be less likely to do so than other drugs, including alcohol and nicotine, mm. and marijuana dependence appears to be less severe than dependence on other drugs. It's Just true. how less likely, according to the Inst Institute of Medicine's 267-page report, 
Fewer than 10% of those who try cannabis ever meet the clinical criteria for a diagnosis of drug dependence based on the DMS 3R. That's the government's own Institute of Medicine, by the way. Yeah. By contrast, the IOM reported that 32% of tobacco users, 23% of heroin users, 17% of cocaine users, 15% of alcohol users meet the criteria for drug dependence. In short, it's the legal drugs that have Americans hooked, not pot. Mm. But what about the claims that ceasing marijuana smoking can trigger withdrawal symptoms similar to those associated with quitting tobacco? Once again, it's a matter of degree. According to the Institute of Medicine's POTS withdrawal symptoms, when identified, are mild and subtle compared with the profound physical syndromes uh, associated with ceasing chronic alcohol abuse, which can be fatal. I can say that, uh, sorry, I I just want to say that I have at uh, certain points in my life uh, stopped smoking cannabis. And in fact, for one uh, for one year at one point, I quit for an entire year. And it was within the last decade of my life that I did that. Uh, Before that, I would quit for a month, you know, just like just to make sure, because I'd heard the stories, you know, oh, it's a drug. It's a drug. Drugs are addictive. And so I wanted to test it out. I wanted to see, you know, well, I'm a regular cannabis user. Can I stop? And I did. Now, when I was uh, going throughout my life and the the periods in which I was not smoking cannabis, when I was not uh, using that particular product, I noticed that things weren't really significantly different as far as. I was still as as uh, as spacey as I'd always been. In fact, I remember you know forgetting things when I was a kid before I'd ever uh, smoked cannabis. So it's not like uh, it's not like it makes it so you are uh, some sort of zombie or anything like that. I, I felt as it though it amazes my, me with the things you remember that people say on the air on this show. So I uh, so I didn't really notice any significant change besides the fact that I didn't really feel like I was enjoying uh, my evenings as much. I I I, in, I enjoy the perspective. Uh, the shift that uh, that using drugs that can alter one's consciousness uh, d- everybody have on me. you know most people uh, you know re- rely on something to change their their brain in some way or another some people charge up on caffeine mm-hmm. some people drink alcohol um, you know I mean most people drink alcohol at least some point in the year uh, you, yeah. you, I, I would say that's that's the vast majority of Americans drink alcohol at some point you know not everybody says yeah every weekend I'm gonna get crunk but they you know they do they do a certain amount of drinking and that's you know i mean people like to alter their consciousness in some way right and that's all i really felt like i was missing was like okay well this is my life and my life is fine it's good i I don't have a problem living in that way but i i prefer to have some alteration uh from time to time and so i every time i quit i went back um but that was my choice. I could have stayed quit had I wanted to. Right. The idea of comparing marijuana um, addiction to tobacco addiction is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I've smoked plenty of pot in my life, and I don't think about smoking it at all. Mm. I mean, it just you know, unless it you know shows up in front of in my face or something like that, I don't think about it. Yeah. Whereas. But you, how long have you been quit on uh, tobacco now? Man, uh, June. You liar! You used that e-cigarette a few weeks ago. But that's that's not tobacco. It's and that's true. It's not. It's just nicotine. Right, and I I could barely inhale it into my lungs. I just like wanted to see what it was like. Okay, okay. And, so, and so you that haven't used tobacco since June. No, but you're still thinking about it. I think about it all the time. Every day, multiple times a day. Uh, usually at night. At night. Uh, is that normally when you would use it? Yeah. Before? I see. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You are welcome to share your addiction stories. Is there anybody out there listening tonight that uh, feels they've been addicted to cannabis? What were the withdrawal symptoms like? Did you have any? More coming up here, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are welcome to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind tonight. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And uh, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on our site, including our cam and chat room built into the same page for you. At cam.freetalklive.com, you can watch and listen and chat all at the same time. Cam dot freetalklive.com the 12-year process of public education has a dramatic effect on the mind of a child when we enter school many of our best personal attributes are already in place we're curious innovative unique creative and hopeful in ways that many of us are rarely able to replicate throughout the rest of our lives because over time school sucks those natural gifts out of too many people and replaces them with predictability obedience and apathy Oh, yeah, and it's also funded by theft. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of government education. You can visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. All right, so cannabis addiction. Mark, uh, is there more that we need to tell on this uh, this story here? Well, the, the story des- definitely goes on. I don't know if we should do that because we've got Tommy in Glasgow right. on the line. Let's talk to He's calling internationally here. Tommy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Ian and Mark, hello. Tommy, what's on your mind? Yeah, can you hear me clearly? We got you, man. Go ahead. What's on your mind? It's lovely to speak to you guys again. Yeah, just on what you were saying there, you know, the the state school model they use in, in schools here is based on the Prussian military state school model. Yep, same thing here, uh, Prussian schools. Yeah, so it's all yes sir, no sir, stand in line, regimented. And basically the one glove for all fits uh, school system as I've got here and over your place it doesn't work and it didn't work for me and for myself you know when I was a kid one of these laws that they had was you know don't smoke cannabis it's bad for you oh yeah well why do you allow alcohol when that's bad for you and kills a lot of people so in my mind and it's probably a lot of minds of teenagers 16, 17 when they go I couldn't make that one out hang on Tommy you got to slow that you got to <laughs> slow that down it's, it's hard for me to to, it was hard for me to make out that last sentence. Can you, can you repeat that again? Uh oh. Oh no. Are you calling on a VoIP line? Of course. Yeah. I'm okay. On, I'm You're on back. Skype. I'm we on, can hear you. We yeah. can hear you now. Go ahead. You can hear me. Yeah. Yeah. So when when uh, when when people experiment with drugs at the first point, they're told that it's bad for you. But when I was a child, when I was 16, 17, I could see that alcohol was bad. So right away, Mm. I could see the hypocrisy in the law. I could see a a fault, particularly when I started taking cannabis and LSD and ecstasy. On the one hand, you've got authority saying to you it's bad, but then I'm experimenting with it and I'm trying it and I'm liking it because it's good. At the time, now, I've experimented with many range of drugs, cocaine, 
I even changed the dragon. I smoked heroin for a, a small bit. I was drawn into all kind of drugs, and I, it was the scene I was in, and it was the age I was in. Now, yeah, I think it's bad well, for the state because if kids take drugs, they might possibly. And I'm not advocating that uh, kids run out and grab some LSD or whatever. Uh, I, I'm just saying that in general, if, for me, when I smoked cannabis for the first time at age 16. Uh, I, I felt the same as you did. It, it was pretty clear to me that uh, alcohol was pretty dangerous. I remember the first night that uh, the, the first time ever that I had the opportunity to uh, to get to get some alcohol and get uh, drunk with my friends at age 16. One of them ended up in the the bathroom, locked himself in there. He was in there for a long time. We were worried about him. We had no idea what had happened to him, and it ended up that he had passed out in the the bathtub. There wasn't any water in it, luckily, so he didn't drown or anything like that. But it was a you know a dramatic experience and uh, and tra- a somewhat traumatic uh, experience. And uh, the, my first experience with cannabis was was not the same. Beyond the the paranoia that I had of being busted or something like that. Uh, it was a much more positive experience, and it led me to opening my mind to the idea that the government had lied to me. And then I found out that they told me a whole bunch of other lies. Now, I think that using LSD and, and ecstasy and things like that at uh, at young ages can be bad because, well, they're getting their information about the drugs from their friends. They're uh, they're likely, you know, not really knowing what they're getting into when they're doing these things. I think that it, that's kind of a risky situation because there's not good information out there amongst the teenage world about these uh, about these drugs. I think that's that's not necessarily good. Yeah. But, like, but I could imagine, like, if a family got together and decided they wanted to do something like, to, like you know, ecstasy together, and they were doing it safely, uh, in a in a safe setting and set in setting, I couldn't see what the problem with that would be. In fact, uh, it has been used for therapy in 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 homes and with people that have had that have had abuse. Uh, it has been used as a very th- therapeutic drug where they have, uh, for instance, sat in with a psychologist and and taken ecstasy and and they've been able to break down walls that they built up to. Uh, to actually address the issues of of uh, the abuse that they've suffered in the past, and I think that uh, many yeah, of these drugs can back. be very beneficial. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, was, I was going to say for myself, I was uh, at the age of seventeen, eighteen. I was I was hanging about with like football hooligans, like uh, they call it soccer over your way, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of people were going to these football games to have a fight, and I was getting mixed up with the wrong crowd, if you like, yeah. and they. The acid house, the the ecstasy scene exploded around about 1989, 89, 88, 89, 90. And I went into that and I started taking ecstasy. And my group of friends changed and the atmosphere around me changed because instead of one of being on a war footing and wanting to fight, suddenly I was, okay, I was having this chemical-induced high. I was having tremendous feelings of empathy and I wanted to hug and love everybody. And then gradually through time, it was a period of maybe a couple of years I experimented with it. I came off it, I tried LSD, and I've came off, I've managed to pull myself off. I no longer take LSD, ecstasy, heroin, cocaine, anything. And so, you know, it, it took me to a stage in my life where it's opened up my receptors in my brains where ordinary people who have not experimented and have tried LXD or mind-expanding, you know, mushrooms, stuff that, because when, when, you, when you hear like people like Timothy Leary, you know, once you're taking LSD, that's you. You're on a trip for the rest of your life. Now, we're all on a trip, every one of us. Now, it's how we're going from A to B, from this life to the next life, and it's what we fill our lives with. So we can, we can go about being, you know, fascist and racist and 
want to fight people. Yeah, I wonder how many of the people. I wonder how many of the people that would support things like war. Uh, you know, the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, or war in general, or, you know, cracking down on the so-called illegals. I wonder how many of those people have actually taken uh, ecstasy. We've got to let you go, Tommy. It's been a great call. We're uh, losing your VoIP line there, but uh, I like that guy. Thank you so much, Tommy, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231 to Amber, listening to WVTS in Charleston. Amber, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, yes. Um, I had a friend that was addicted to oxycontin mm. and um it like ruined her life and i don't see how they can have like prescription pain pills they can use that and that's legal and you can go to florida and get those but if you have a joint on you and you get pulled over then you're going to jail but if you go to florida and get a a prescription with your name on it, it's okay. It's crazy, now, isn't it? Yeah, it's real double standard. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you nice. for the thoughts and the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Amber, at 800-259-9231. I These really... are the questions that so many Americans have. I mean, because it just doesn't make – the drug war just doesn't no. make any sense. I, I really think there is something to the idea, and it's a little paranoid, a little conspiracy theory – uh, the idea that the government doesn't want people to do uh, drugs because they might question the state. You know, they might come around to uh, opening their mind to peace and and love. And and the state benefits when people are angry and at each other's throats. The state benefits uh, when people believe they uh, that uh, the other guys are the enemies and things like that. I had a correctional officer in prison who uh, suggested that it would probably probably the place would be a lot better if they just gave us a quarter bag uh, once a week. Each oh, of us a yeah. quarter bag once a week. I mean, how many fights would there be? <laughs> Fewer. Maybe over, like, whose bag is, you know, maybe taking somebody's bag from them or something like that, but, yeah, definitely. I mean, you talk to any honest cop, and they'll tell you that they're dealing with fights from drunks, not fights, uh, you know, domestic violence, that sort of thing. It's it's somebody who's been drinking that's beating their wife. Not smoking pot. Not smoking pot. More coming up here. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231 tonight. See in with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and bring more Internet listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So head on over to promote.freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls, been on the uh, drug war topic this hour, specifically the idea of addiction and whether or not cannabis is addictive, uh, but we've kind of expanded out from there. Uh, we go to Ray, listening in Austin. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Ray, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I, since y'all have this topic of addiction, I was kind of curious because I've never understood addiction. Okay. What, what's I've, confusing about it? Well, I mean, I don't understand why somebody can't just say no. I've, so you've well, never been addicted then, right? No. I well let me let me explain something. I've never drank a beer in my life, don't care to. Hmm. Never smoked, never done any drugs. Okay. Still don't care to. Mark, can you and, explain uh, it? You're addicted. Uh, if you'd like to understand addiction more thoroughly, smoke some cigarettes for about a month. <laughs> then well, you'll understand I, it 
thoroughly. But but I, I wouldn't want to because they're pretty nasty. <laughs> right. Well, they are. But then you'd understand addiction. Like, because what, what, what you've got for yourself is I'm better than the rest of the people because I don't do this stuff. No, I didn't say that. You didn't say that. It's, that's what it's, it's sounding he's, he's like. He's just saying he doesn't understand it, Mark. Well, that's it, a fair thing to say. It, it, he's it, never experienced it, it is so a, he doesn't understand it's it. It's a craving more powerful than you've had for anything um, you've wanted up to this point, except perhaps something sexual. I can't even say that I can understand it because I've never uh, even, been... Uh, even, hmm? Let me say something. Even that, I mean, any anything like that, you can still say no. I mean, I, I can't. I guess maybe I'm strong-willed. I don't know. There, well, there certainly are people out there that just can't be addicted to anything. We read the numbers, and uh, it was uh, you know people that did heroin for a month. Only 30% of them became addicted. Heroin's yeah. darn addictive stuff. That's a good point. And uh, cigarettes, too. But so you've, you've I'd marked, say that most people um, are probably not as prone to addiction as others. You, Mark, but point of information, you did say no to uh, to cigarettes last year in June. And here I'd we say are I'm in, still addicted to them. Here we are in March, but you're saying no. The point that he was making is that you could just say no. You you did just say no, and you're not. You're not. I mean, you needed a little help. You took the what was it a laser? You, you didn't I took laser. the Chantex and then Chantex. Uh, like some kind of uh, acupuncture thing. So but you kind of helped yourself along with uh, with saying no. I think no, it's but, you know it's silly not to if you have those opportunities. Right. So what, but I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, does it have to do with strong will or or a weak willed person that can't say no? I, mean, I what, think that what is it's partially chemical. Do you understand? Like maybe you've got body chemistry that just doesn't get you addicted to stuff. Well, he also hasn't tried. He also hasn't uh, done uh, cigarettes. He He's chosen not to, and that's a good—it's good choice. Yeah, right. I, I, I tell him to, you know, better stick to, with it. Better to but, not have to face the addiction. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of this. Uh, you know, my wife tends to be uh, one of them. This is why I, you know, former I've drug this, counselor, your wife, yeah, former drug counselor, um, and uh, for a living, and she has this whole weak-willed, strong-willed conversation going on. But the the fact is, the science says that that um, there are people with certain body chemistries that are more likely to be addicted than others, and that isn't about will that's about body chemistry it, i mean are people with blonde hair less are weak-willed because they can't make their hair brown hello i, I don't i don't know <laughs> no the answer is no <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to you <laughs> they they have blonde hair because they have blonde hair and people that are uh, you know genetically pr- predisposed to being addictive personality types are genetically pr- prone to being uh, you know addictive that's just the way it is. It doesn't have to do with will, a strong will or weak will necessarily. However, when you can couple strong will with somebody who, um, you know, has you know no no addictive qualities, then you know you're in pretty good shape. Or somebody who does have addictive qualities, they can probably push themselves through it. If you if you've got weak and addictive qualities, you've got a dangerous uh, um, uh, situation. But what you're saying is you're saying it's chemical. If it's chemical, then why don't they invent a chemical that? Gets everybody off everything. Then. They do have uh, chemicals for almost everything. I mean, they're working on it, I think, for alcohol. I've, I've read about that. But they have, I mean, you can, <laughs> they've got pills right now that you can take that you don't have to smoke anymore. They've got all kinds of options. Barack Obama doesn't, didn't have to go back on cigarettes. He could have, you, you know, you, taken. You mean, you, mean Barry, you mean Barry Sotoro? I don't know what that term is. That's his real name. Oh, whatever. Okay. Um. The uh, you know you know he didn't have to choose to smoke cigarettes again. He could have had e-cigarettes or um, you know done all kinds of different options, but he chose to smoke cigarettes. So does that explain? I mean, that that conversation explained a little bit for you because, like Mark says, you know if you haven't really been addicted, you can't really understand it from uh, from the inside or from uh, you're on the kind of an outside perspective. And I have to say, I kind of share that because I don't know it's, if I've ever had anything. Yeah. Perfect. It still sounds like a choice if they. Like it's always, said, it's always a choice. You choose. It's always a choice. 
if they have chemicals that will do that, then why don't people choose to, you know, help it's always a choice. Better. It is always a choice. Your question why is have, why don't you have you are of two minds in this situation. There's a, a little you've created the the addiction you've created is this little mind inside of you that wants what it wants. It wants its particular brand of cigarette every time delivered exactly when it wants it. Okay, mm-hmm. and that little critter that you've created inside of you doesn't want you to try something new to switch and change to, to, to you know to change things up and therefore you know cut off his supply of what he wants. So you have actually have two thought pro- processes is going on now surely that's happened to you in life right i'd no. like to do that you've never had a situation well i'd like to do this and i'd like to do that at the same time no i usually choose what i want to do all right well i i guess i can't help you've never been torn between uh, two different options in your life i mean come on everybody's been torn between a, choices you decide which one you want to do and you do it yeah well, and, and that's do. what they're doing they're deciding they want to keep smoking but you understand what it's like to have a tough decision um, no, Someone I mean, you, just make, you make, you make the decision, no, you make the decision that it's best for you and you do it. Well, uh, the decision that they decide is best for them is to satiate the need that they feel at that time. And so that's can't the they part. logically think this out and say, okay, that's bad for me, I shouldn't do that? That's well, the many part people you get understand. addicted very early in their lives. I mean, you, you don't find 35-year-old uh, people running out and getting addicted on, as, as, you know, as a major rule. Now, that, remember, um, you know, the prescription drugs are a whole different story in this uh, scenario I think because that's they're told the part they're safe he, and, and good. I think that's the part that, uh, that, that Ray doesn't get here is he can see that, okay, well, logically it's uh, costly to smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Logically it's, you know, possibly damaging to your health to smoke cigarettes, likely. Uh, so logically, it would make sense to quit. But the part you don't understand is the uh, the de- the desire on the addict's part to, as you're saying, Mark, satiate that need that that you know little creature, if you will, uh, that thought process has uh, has created the well, chemical. It's, it's, it's like it's like it's like sex addicts. I mean, the big head should tell the little head what to do. You know, you know that's wrong or whatever. Then, you know, uh, you know. And this they is the struggle that the they have. Way. This is the struggle they have. I mean, from your perspective, having I, never I been addicted to anything, I, you... I don't understand it. I know, I and I there's no it. way you will. I don't think there's any way you will, and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I, mean, I think we've done our best to explain it, uh, but there's a difference between hearing an explanation and really, truly coming to an understanding. Yeah, it's never going to be good enough for uh, you know somebody who just doesn't, d- doesn't have the experience and doesn't want to empathize um, with that sort of experience. It doesn't make an attempt. Um, I can empathize with it uh, because I've I've certainly had things that have required some will on my part, things that I've I've done that you know I would I should have done something else and that were maybe mildly addictive. I I, I can say that I've maybe had some mild addictions, uh, but never anything that I believe to be as profound as a. I can as a tell you if it addiction. wasn't for Barack Obama putting the federal tax on cigars, that I wouldn't have quit. I had no no reason to quit until they, um, you know, I found it to be uh, morally abhorrent that the federal government was going to be collecting a dollar off of every pack or 40 cents off every cigar or whatever. It was 40 cents off every cigar that I smoked. I'd be giving 40 cents to the federal government. I know that money's fungible. even though So they that say was it, enough to overcome like, the, the desire, but the logic wasn't necessarily. Well, I, I want to make the point here that the money's fungible, and that means that they're going to, you know, use it to kill people in foreign countries. And so, you know, I, I, I couldn't do that. Let's go to Rick listening in San Diego. Rick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, um, on the subject of addiction, uh, for instance, with cocaine, um, the way that works scientifically is um, when you take cocaine, 
your nerve cells um, aren't able to uptake and basically get rid of neurotransmitters, so it just starts squirting, squirting the same amount, but it's not able to get rid of it. So your your body tries to adjust, and it starts to basically disable the system that detects the uh, neurotransmitter. And once that happens, you just don't have as good as a, an ability to d- detect it. So when you take the cocaine away... And you, you, you aren't, I mean, effectively, you aren't squirting out as much neurotransmitter anymore because your body's adapted, and you're, you're kind of screwed because you your body's already adapted for a state that, where the cocaine's involved, and then when you take it away, you're going to end up in withdrawal. And that's sort of how all addictions work. It's your body trying to adapt. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah, you've adapted to a certain uh, standard yeah, and then that chemical state, and that changes, and it, it's difficult. Hey, thanks. I wish we had more time for your call. I know you had something else you wanted to get into. Call us tomorrow night if you'd like to expound upon uh, what you originally were calling about. And we are out of time. It has been Ian with you. And Mark. And feed your addiction with more Free Talk Live tomorrow night. We'll see you then. FreeTalkLive.com. And the following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's a, another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me today a very special interview. It's Kale Paget. Now, Kale, are you there? Yes. Okay, great. Now, Kale, you're an economist from the uh, tax American Tax Foundation, the Tax Foundation? Uh, just the Tax Foundation. Tax yep. Foundation. And this is the group that puts out the the list of, or, or they, the Tax Freedom Day that everybody talks about? Yes, we are. We are. And you announced today the newest tax, the Tax Freedom Day for 2010. Yes, we did. Yep. Okay, great. And um, that's that's why you're on on the show because I want to talk about that in particular. But I, I've um, you know, and I, I guess this is such a murky subject. I, I don't want to just find out what the day is. I want to find out you know more things about it uh, besides that. So now you said you're an economist, and we talk about economists on the show now and then. Are, are you one of them neo Keynesians or or an Austrian economist? No, no. I'm. Uh, I I went to George Mason, so um, I fall much more in the Austrian economist kind of school of thought. I uh, really fall in kind of a, a public choice uh, school under James Buchanan is probably where I feel most at home being classified. I see. I don't even know what that means, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I just, uh, I, you know, our audience is going to want to know a question like that was asked, so um, yep. I, you know, I'm going to do it. Now, the uh, would you would you announce please the uh, Tax Freedom Day? Yes, Tax Freedom Day uh, for 2010 will fall on April 9th, which means that Americans will work 99 days this year to pay for um, their tax burden. Okay. Now, um, when you say their tax burden, do you mean their income tax burden, or do you mean every tax that Amer- that are levied against Americans, or only taxes levied against individuals, or which taxes are you referring to? Uh, this is a major measure of all taxes, and so this looks at both federal, state, and local taxes, and looks at all forms of taxation um, that we that the government uh, collects revenues on. Now, does that so include? This is a total measure of taxes. Does that include tariffs and um, uh, corporate taxes? Uh, yes, we do. We include both uh, tariffs uh, and excise taxes, as well as corporate taxes. Now, the reason we do this is a lot of people wonder why do we collect. Uh, you know, count 
taxes on corporations. And because at the Tax Foundation, we're very fond of saying that corporations never really pay the tax. Individuals actually end up paying that tax in uh, the form of either lower dividend yields, higher prices. Those taxes are going to be passed on to individuals. Okay. Now, um, I have heard – now, obviously, you're saying that uh, Americans – now, when, when you say Americans, I guess I need to uh, to clarify this one, too. This would be the average American, or would this be the median American? This would be the average American. So what this measure does is it really it takes the country as a whole. We're not trying to um, look at kind of what might be considered a median uh, person within the United States. Right. This is kind of an, a total aggregate measure. Got it. Now, I've I've heard numbers, um, you know, when I've, I've just heard people make claims that are significantly higher than this as far as the tax burden that the average person pays, you know, 50 percent, 60 percent of their um, income in taxes. Um, of course, you can fit, you figure in regulations and then it gets impossible. Now, I assumed that what they were doing there was they were, um, you know, taking your number, which was the sort of per, it, individual uh, tax number and then stacking corporate numbers on top of that, because I agree with you. Corporations don't pay taxes, individuals do. Yeah, so actually, well, um, when we look at Tax Freedom Day, we do realize that it falls incredibly early this year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Actually, we're about three weeks behind what we normally are for Tax Freedom Day. Um, And so when we um, look at that, the reasons that we look at uh, for Tax Freedom Day falling so early this year is um, kind of a threefold response, is that we see that um, taxes tend to be a leading economic indicator, and so as the economy has gone down, we know that, um, you know, in- income is falling, but tax revenues are falling faster. So this kind of uh, pushes Tax Freedom Day sooner, as well as uh, President Obama and Congress enacted uh, large but temporary uh, income tax cuts in 2009 and 10, and as did President Bush in 2008. Um, and finally, we saw with the uh, repeal of two major tax provisions this year, year the estate tax, and the so-called uh, PEP and P's provision and income tax pushed Tax Freedom Day incredibly early. Now, when we look at kind of the overall footprint of government in our lives, there's um, two things that need to be taken into consideration, one of which we uh, do with the Tax Freedom Day report. So when Tax Freedom Day was started um, you know, in 1948, it actually wasn't a bad measure of how much government was in our lives because we weren't running these massive budget deficits right. that we see today. And so what we did this year was we went, we said, okay, well, you know, really these budget deficits are going to mean future spent and future taxes uh, for us. And so sure we took, and so what we did was we took and we said, okay, well, imagine the federal deficit had to be paid for this year in taxes. How long would Americans have to work then? And that pushed us all the way back to May 17th. May so 17th is... <laughs> That's pretty the late in the year. We, yeah, it, it, exactly. It's much later in the year if we were to actually pay for all of the taxes, all of the spending and government uh, programs that are going on right now. Now, and so um, we kind of. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, Obama just announced today more stuff. Um, the government's taking over, uh, you know, school loans and things like that. Surely they're going to screw that up um, admirably. And so, 2011, we can expect to be another banner year, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is kind of um, one of the things to look forward to next year are um, two things, really, is that we don't actually, in this year's Tax Freedom Day, calculate in the effects of the health care bill. So once fully implemented... That's going to be a whopper. Yeah, well, once fully implemented, we're going to expect to add another three days to Tax Freedom Day. Um, Remember that a large portion of the health care bill 
is done through regulations that won't um, show right. up in Tax Freedom Day, but still is going to be there for government. And additionally, then, um, with the expiration of the Bush tax cuts, uh, if these are fully um, implemented or fully uh, allowed to expire, then we can see Imagine Tax Freedom Day going um, five to six days later. So right now, just as it stands, you know, if we get, uh, you know, three more days for health care and uh, six more days for uh, the Bush tax cuts, that's already going to add nine days to a tax freedom day. And this is, you know, just the beginning of the year. So we can imagine uh, a number of more policies coming through you know, that will uh, tack on more. I, I don't know which I think is worse, tax freedom day being at uh, April 9th or, or budget freedom day being at, what, what is it, May 20. 20- uh, May uh, May seventeenth. May seventeenth. I'm looking at the chart here as opposed to uh, having a direct numbers. Oh yes, yeah. And I mean, you know, which is worse—the fact that they're spending so much money or that they're borrowing so much more? Yeah. Well, I think that um, you know, there's a third thing too in there is that we are also losing sight of the costs of government. So, you know, all these services that are being provided, all these things that are being provided, we are thinking they're kind of cheap. We're not really seeing the uh, full cost of them. Mm. And so this is, this is another major worry that we have, is that people are becoming more and more detached from the true cost of government as we've a deficit finance so much. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, they've, they've printed more dollars in order to, uh, you know, buoy up the, the banking system after the, the real estate collapse. And, um, you know, just the, the way they've been, um, you know, spending and printing and, and, and doing what they've done. How, how, how much, how far back can um, they, can our economy handle Tax Freedom Day or Budget Freedom Day being pushed? Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, I think the answer is we don't, aren't sure, but it's something you really don't want to find out. I mean, I don't think we want to find out when, um, you know, the amount of borrowing that the U.S. can do will end, what our credit limit with the, you know, rest of the world is. I think that's something that I think it's, you don't want to max out on. So we'll see. I get the impression they don't intend to pay it. Uh, That that could be. We we will see. (laughs) Of course, you know, there are lots of, there are lots of major disincentives that would come uh, with doing that. One of the major ones is right now um, the dollar is still the currency of the world and still is kind of yes. the unit of exchange the rest of the world does. Um, if we even show the slightest signs of moving away and kind of trying to inflate away this debt, uh, that will change. And I think that's – we're somewhat lucky in that we have that, and I think that's the one thing that we can hold on to that will likely keep the government bound to not kind of inflate this uh, issue away because they want to remain the currency of the world. I hope they want to uh, remain the world reserve currency. I, I yeah. mean, that's why I'm, I'm really hoping that. But I, 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 I kind of wonder. I mean, all these uh, yeah. the programs they keep piling on, and then Bernanke's willingness to uh, turn on the printing presses. Fortunately, the banks haven't released that money; they're just holding on to it like little misers. Um, and I guess they're using it to offset the toxic debt, um, you know, within the banks. I mean, this is an amateur trying to figure it all out, you know. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, uh, I'm an economist and I, I'm trying to figure it all out too. Yeah, so right now we know that obviously with the money that's been put into, uh, that the Federal Reserve has kind of pumped into banks is just basically being used to capitalize uh, what look like undercapitalized banks. Now, the issue is, is how do you sort out what is simply undercapitalization and kind of, or, you know, that they just kind of have poor capital flows, they, you know, they're solvent, but they just need, you know, they're illiquid or that these banks are really actually insolvent and kind of needing that money. And that's a difficult issue to sort out. 
Yeah, it certainly is. I, you know, I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show with us and uh, and sharing this. Um, it's uh, Kale Paget uh, from the Tax Foundation. Is if people want to find out more about uh, Tax Freedom Day, how do they find out about it? Sure. You would just go to the Tax Foundation website, which is um, at taxfoundation.org. And uh, for the report, just go to taxfoundation.org backslash taxfreedomday. You know, I went there and I read the, uh, the the whole page and I felt like I knew a lot more. I, I really, you know, I was misinformed on uh, the amount of taxes that the average American pays and um, it, it, it taught me something. So thank you for your hard work there. Oh, excellent. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you, Kale. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.